It's 19 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The latest government shutdown will be a short one after House passes uh, House passage of a spending bill. Final vote 240 to 186. House passage followed earlier approval by the Senate overnight. The government ran out of money at midnight Eastern time. <laughs> Kentucky Republican Senator Rand Paul prompted the brief shutdown by delaying the Senate vote for hours in a protest over federal deficits. First, it was the Olympics. Now a cruise ship carrying two dozen sick passengers is docked in San Diego. A spokesman for Royal Caribbean says the cruise ship pulled into San Diego Bay yesterday morning. Some 22 passengers and two crew members suffering from the norovirus. The spokesman added the guests were treated by the ship's doctors and responded to over-the-counter medications. The ship is getting a full scrub down before it leaves for its next cruise. The cruise line says it encourages guests and crew to wash their hands often, which health experts say is the best defense against stomach viruses. Yeah, what a nightmare on a cruise ship where everybody's in such tight quarters. If if somebody gets sick, you're all getting sick. There's a real-life panty thief on the loose in Hawaii. Officers on Oahu say it's been going on for months, and the most recent theft happened over the weekend at some apartments. Surveillance footage shows a man removing only women's underwear from a clothesline, then taking off. Officers aren't positive if the weekend theft is connected to other similar panty raids that have taken place over the last three months, but they are investigating. That's a weird, uh, it's a weird kink. Oh, yeah. It really is. Well, it should be easy to catch him. Just put up a clothesline full of women's underwear. Oh, yeah. yeah. Set trap. a trap. I mean, that's such easy bait. Yeah. Well, and then. Sounds a little know. more. It sounds like a difficult bait. I mean, he's got a <laughs> roping in a marlin. Is <laughs> I, I just don't understand, like, what you do then. Do you wear them? Do you look at them? Do you... Could be a lot of yeah, things. Yeah, you wear them like a Bane mask. It doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> I mean, that's what these guys do, isn't it? I don't think it's like, like uh, uh, Dennis Hopper in uh, Blue Velvet. I mean, <laughs> pretty much. That's my only glimpse into their life. Ooh. Ooh. Do, don't they have in Japan or something? Don't they have vending machines with panties in them? Used, I think. Yeah. That was the story. Yeah, that's a weird I just don't thing. get it. I mean, that's either your thing or you have no idea what it is. But it's so strange to be that prominently a part of the culture that they actually have them in vending machines. Yeah, they've accepted it. You get off the airplane in Tokyo, you're like, this is really nice. You're like, You want a Coke? <laughs> hey, wait, what's this machine? Uh, <laughs> just going to huff a panty and uh, <laughs> sip a Mountain Dew. Huff a panty. Worst rapper name ever. <laughs> in 2000, Kiss embarked on their farewell tour, and, well, it wasn't really the farewell that they said it was going to be. This year, the band will mostly stay off the road, and that's fine with Paul Stanley. He tells Billboard, quote, I don't want to go leave home. I have a family, and I have kids, and honestly, I think my primary responsibility is to be a dad, and I don't want to miss out on that. I like making breakfast! <laughs> <laughs> And certainly as we get older, we know that life is finite and I pick and choose what I want to do at this point, end quote. Regarding the future of KISS, he said there's a world tour down the pike, although he adds he's not sure about the idea of KISS coming to an end. He said uh, they've built something that's so iconic, he thinks it transcends any of the members, so he certainly could see that for him not being there, it it could go on. Um, But we'll see. KISS has shows in Spain and Portugal scheduled for July. Don't you think that any rocker's life is really like he, every guy is like the guy from the Hurt Locker where 
they become so accustomed to life on the road that they maybe fantasize for a brief second, like, oh, I want to go spend time with my family. And then they're home with their family for like, I don't know, what, a month? They're like, look, we got to get another tour going. Because when they're home, they're home. It's not like they're going to work. No. Um, they don't know what to do. Every minute of every day. Some of, that's the majority of them. There's no doubt about it. I, you know, I, it sounds like Paul Stanley's perfectly happy. You know, yeah, he's an old guy. Yeah, there's the like Neil Pert. Like I'm done. I don't. You know, yeah. I just want to ride my, ride my motorcycle. I don't really want to be in the band. Seen everything that. But I like, can see. you picture Ozzy just being a grandpa, like a normal grandpa? I actually think Ozzy would love that. I think Ozzy would love to be at home. And not have to tour, but Sharon makes him tour. <laughs> she cracks the whip. For two reasons. One, to keep the money rolling in. And two, to get him away from her. <laughs> Tomorrow is Cliff Burton Day in one California county. The Alameda County Board of Supervisors has declared February 10th as a day of honor for Metallica's original bass player who died in a bus crash at the age of 24. Burton is a native of Castro Valley, California, and would have been 56 tomorrow. The board made the proclamation in response to a Change.org petition drive launched by Metallica fans. And drummer and founding member of Mr. Big, Pat Torpy, is dead at the age of 64. According to a press release issued yesterday, he died from complications of Parkinson's disease, and his family, band members, and management are requesting privacy at this uh, difficult time. Mr. Big formed in 1988 and produced hits like Addicted to That Rush and and, uh, of course, to be with you, the band released its ninth studio album last year. Snow, 40 today for the high. It's 19 at DVE. All right. Uh, we got Sean Collier a little bit later on this morning telling you about the new Fifty Shades movie, oh, Fifty why? Shades Free. Also, uh, Fifty Shades Worse. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com, uh, 720, The Return of Skin. Also, Jerry Dulac. At 8.45, we'll talk about the newest coaching changes with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chet Vincent in the coffee house today. So uh, lots to come. Yeah, it's a DVE morning show. 1984 will always go down as one of my favorite Van Halen albums, even though I consider it to be kind of almost outside of classic Van Halen. You know? Is your mic on? I I think it was the first Van Halen I bought on my own. Because my brother was a Van Halen fan, <laughs> okay. so I just listened to all, all his. Yeah. To me, I mean, the first Van Halen, obviously, monstrous. Um, Van Halen 2, also fairly big. Fair Warning had that weird, like, dark kind of aura around it to me. Mm-hmm. Women and Children First kind of did, too. Really? L- yeah. I don't know why. It just I think there's something about In the, Quad- in the Cradle War Rock that scared me a little bit. <laughs> just... Uh, you know why? Because when I was, a, I mean, I was like eight. And I thought he said, has anyone seen Junior's Grave? <laughs> Not Junior's Grades. Has anyone seen Junior's Grades? I thought he said Grave. And I'm like, why did they kill Junior? <laughs> what happened to Junior? Oh, they're Where killing kids. I remember when they, they came to Pittsburgh on that 1984 tour. And my mother wouldn't let me come to Pittsburgh by myself. I was in 11th grade. Yeah. And I asked my brother to bring me and. I told him how much tickets were. He said, I wouldn't pay that much to see Jimi Hendrix if he came back from the grave. Real, come on. So I never, ever saw Van Aww. Halen in its original form. Poor Val. Oh, that I had to sucks, settle for Val. Friday Night Videos. You, you had to settle for Gary Sharon tour 25 years later. Right. Um, so here's what we're doing, folks. 
Right now at dv.com, you can go and take the nutting quiz. <clears throat> and the deal with that is uh, what we're doing is sending people to, to spring training. Not for the uh, Pirates, no. Uh, since the Pirates are trading off all of their big stars, uh, we want to give you the opportunity to continue to root for them. We're sending you to spring training for Garrett Cole or Andrew McCutcheon. We're giving away two trips. You'll either go to Winter Haven, Florida to see the Astros spring training, airfare, hotel accommodations, everything paid for, or you'll go out to Arizona, out to Arizona and see Cutch with the Giants. So you can, you know, just continue to monitor their progress and you can still be a fan of Cole and Cutch. This is why I love this is because it happened in the off season, so you didn't really have a chance to say goodbye. You can go say goodbye in person. That's right. You get to say goodbye in person. So we're going to have uh, uh, your opportunity at dve.com slash contests. Take the quiz. If you if you get the uh, the high score there, you're in the running. And you can cheat. Yeah, and you can cheat. Look I mean, the answers. Yeah, right. Just like the Pirates kind of do. <laughs> Pretend they don't have a billion and a half dollars to spend. That I mean, do you know how much they're worth, the Pirates? A lot. One and a, a half lot. billion, according to the last Forbes. Come on. That's a lot of money. That they're not spending. That they're, right. They're not even getting good bands for those Sky Blasts. <laughs> they're getting like retread bands. They're getting the Gallagher 2 of rock bands. I'm going to have Foreigner. It's too early to get this angry, Val. <laughs> Go to dve.com slash contest and take the 2018 Spring Training Flyaway quiz right now. DV Morning Show. So you were just talking about the cruise with the norovirus. Yeah. So, going around. Yeah. Not good. They got it going on at the Olympics, though. That's real bad. It spreads. Uh, anything Quick. can spread at the Olympic Village. You got people in close quarters. Yeah. I mean, that's why they started giving people condoms, just because there were so many STDs being spread amongst the athletes. Imagine. Just put the, the condoms on your head. <laughs> Going to the opening ceremonies, just coming in, and here's Norway, and they're just <laughs> trying to breathe through a Trojan. Um, but I mean, it, it, did you see? You know, they started the Olympics last night. They were on. Yes. Which mm -hmm. is weird to start before the, the opening ceremony. Before the opening ceremonies, yeah. But I don't. Did you hear any of it? It is really. I mean, they. The, it's affecting everybody. Welcome to NBC's coverage of the 2018 Olympic Games. In oh. uh, South Korea. Uh, I'm, I'm Jim Lampley. Let's check in on women's figure skating with Lisa Chambers. Jim? Jim, I... <laughs> back, back to you. No. Go ahead, Lisa. <laughs> oh, that one is... <laughs> Lisa, is there any word on... <laughs> How about we send it to Rutger Mack on the downhill slope? <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. Greetings from high atop Garrowing Mountain, where the downhill races are about to begin, and this crowd is amped up and ready for American superstars Lindsey Vaughn and Michaela Schifrin. Wow, Rutger. Seems like you've been able to... 
Avoid the norovirus. It's affecting everyone at these Olympic Games. So far, so good, Jim. But I think the sushi at the media center last night sat out a little too long. Mike Pursuta has your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's going on? It's a hockey night in Pittsburgh tonight, originating from Dallas. 8.30 on your Penn's flagship, 105.9 The X. The Penguins visiting the Dallas Stars, and the Penguins looking to continue the role that they've been on ever since the calendar switched from 2017 to 2018. The Penguins are 11-4 and since uh, visiting Philadelphia on January the 2nd, and that's kind of the way Sidney Crosby likes it. Uh, yeah, I think we're playing pretty well. I think uh, fairly consistent. You know, besides that New Jersey game, um, had had to win some games by high scores, but that happens sometimes. Some games kind of end up that way. So, uh, no, I think if we want to improve anything, we got to probably keep goals against a little bit lower. But other than that, we've been we've been really good. Every game's going to be different, but I think uh, kind of when you're looking at the big picture, you want to make sure that you're consistently keeping the other but when you hear the captain talking about defense and keeping the goals against now, that's a very good sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're buying into it, Reg. <laughs> it's coming together. Penguins uh, remain second in the Metropolitan Division after last night's action, which included the New Jersey Devils losing 3-2 to two to Calgary. So it's still... The Caps with 67 points, the Pens with 63, the Devils with 62, and the Flyers, who beat the Canadians last night, now have 61. All those other teams have played fewer games than have the Penguins, but the Penguins doing a nice job winning uh, when they get a chance to win. Uh, In terms of health, uh, Connor Sherry started yesterday as a limited participant in practice, but was feeling so good that by the time the practice ended, he was considered a full participant, so... Sherry may be fast-forwarding his way to getting back into the lineup. Mike Sullivan said that Tom Kuhnhackle is week-to-week with a lower body injury, and Carter Rowney is day-to-day with a lower body injury. Patrick Hornquist, like Kuhnhackle, is on the injured reserve list, and forward Teddy Bluger was recalled from AHL Wilkes-Barre Scranton yesterday. Penguins are in Dallas tonight and in St. Louis on Sunday it's their annual dad's trip, but head coach Mike Sullivan maintained that it is also a business trip. I think it's a great, uh, it's such a great opportunity for our players to spend some time with their dad. Um, I think, uh, you know, we let them sit in on our video meeting this morning. I think they they got a, they probably got a kick out of that, and I'm sure there were lots of there was lots of coaching behind the scenes going on, uh, but but certainly it's 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 a nice gesture. For, for our organization to uh, to do this, I think it's our way of saying thank you to the dads and the families that have been so influential in helping us become the people that we are. And uh, I think it's a great opportunity to spend some time with their sons, get a chance to see what they go through every day. And uh, but as I said to our players, that we're going on this trip for a reason, and we've got to make sure that we maintain the necessary focus to be at our best. Pens and the Stars tonight. They're in St. Louis on Sunday. More Steelers news as the rearranging of the coaching staff 
continues. Carl Dunbar has been hired as the new defensive line coach. Tom Bradley is the new defensive backs coach. And John Mitchell, the former defensive line coach, hasn't retired, but he's got a new role. Let's uh, let's start with Mitch, who signed on here in Pittsburgh on January the 31st, 1994. Wow. And has been coaching the D-line oh, ever since. Uh, one of the most relentless guys I've ever come across in the business. A, a guy who was born to be a defensive line coach, or so it seems. Um, he is now going to, uh, according to the Steelers' release, oversee – the development of the coaching staff and work with current and former players in career development. This is about as goofy a role as I've ever heard of the way they're describing it. I don't know what he's going to do. Coach the coaches and help the players buy cars. Hopefully he does a little more hands-on actual coaching of football because he's very good at that, but uh, he's been doing it for a long time. Tom Bradley, uh, a lot of people know. His brother uh, is uh, one of the Steelers' team physicians. And uh, Tom Bradley uh, coached uh, at Penn State for 30 years and then went to West Virginia. And the last three years, he's been at UCLA. He will be uh, coaching the Steelers' DBs. That's the job that used to be held by Carnell Lake. And Carl Dunbar, uh, currently the defensive line coach at Alabama. He had stints with Chicago, Minnesota, the Jets, and Buffalo as an NFL defensive line coach. He was initially a eighth-round pick of the Steelers in 1990, never played here, but spent three seasons in the NFL, one with New Orleans and two with Arizona. I'm all for changing the uh, the voice and the message on defense a little bit, but having John Mitchell coach less doesn't help. I mean, he's he's got to do what he's got to do. but yeah, Was that his decision? I would assume. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I just, he's, all that run of the ball stuff and, and fundamental stuff that the defense does, John Mitchell harps on that every single day. He, uh, hopefully his voice will still be heard and he'll still have a chance to do uh, coaching of players as well as coaches. Maybe he can coach up the guys and teach them how to drive. You make one freaking right turn, you think you're an all pro? <laughs> Or maybe he can coach the coaches. Like, hey, kick the field goal here. <laughs> no, nah, outside kick. What are you nuts? <laughs> yeah, you could just maybe be a the vo- contrarian. Maybe a voice needs to be heard. The roving contrarian as well. So, uh, Carl Dunbar is in. Yes, Tom Bradley's in. Tom Bradley's in. John Williams is an out. John Mitchell. John Mitchell. I'm sorry, is an out. I keep saying John Williams. Yeah. John Mitchell is an out. But he's got a new gig. Okay. Which apparently involves less coaching. All right. Even though he's the assistant head coach, has been that since 2007. College Hoops last night, Pitt loses at number 16 Clemson, 72-48. to Panthers just getting nipped as they fall to 0-12 in the ACC, 8-17 and overall. Robert Morris loses at St. Francis, Brooklyn, 77-65. to Colonials are 13-13 and overall, 7-6. Seven and six in the Northeast Conference. It, people, I ran into a few people who were very excited about Carl Dunbar yesterday. Yeah. I think it just told me something about Steeler fans, too. There's just this automatic expectation a lot of times. If you get somebody from a champion. From like, Alabama. Yeah. Like, oh. I'm surprised they got him. You know, they probably had to offer him a pay cut to get him here. <laughs> more, <laughs> more than likely. Well, no, no, Mike. He was a coach, not a player. Right. You know what their coaches make? An absurd amount of money. Dough. With good reason. Yeah. They are the uh, 
That's they're the gold standard. That coaching staff, they're the thirty eight most important people in the state of Alabama. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. That's not hyperbole. That's, no, that's uh, fact. How many coaches are actively coaching and have a statue of themselves? Nick, I think he's got two. He's got two statues. I think. <laughs> Should have three. He's got, what, five, six national championships? I can't even keep up anymore. He. They had, all have to be the same facial expression. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of diversity in that range. A, the a, best stat for Nick is Saban is the fact that every person he's required, he's recruited and they've stayed four years at Alabama, they've won a national championship. Yeah, is- He's never pulled a kid out of high school, given him a scholarship, and and not delivered a national championship to him if they stayed. That is unbelievable. It's absurd. How could he be so good at the college level and so bad at the pro level? Well, he wasn't at the pro level very long. Right. As a head coach. Yeah. He's an assistant for a while, right? Oh, yeah. I guess it's a lot easier when you get the best players in the country every year. Well, yeah, there's that draft thing where everybody gets their chance to pick an order and the guys actually have to go there as opposed to... They don't get to choose. You're going Alabama and you're going Alabama and you're going Alabama and that means you're not going LSU and you're not going to Clemson. Right. He goes into somebody's living room, does a line dance, and the next thing you know, (laughs) they're going to Alabama. I like that there are... That there's a change on the defensive side of the ball, but I don't know if these are going to work or not, <laughs> these changes that they've made. We'll see. So a lot of people uh, beating Tom Bradley's drum yesterday because he's such a good guy and everybody he's in the a great media guy. knows. Never coached in the NFL before. See. People are stamping this as a great move. Really? Based on what, exactly? I'm not saying it's not going to work, but far from a sure thing. Like the Randy Feekner thing. Foo Fighters, ever long, DVE. So we figured uh, we'd give uh, Mario a shout, and uh, here to talk about it is uh, co-owner of the team, La Magnifique, DVE Mario. Mario! Uh, good morning, boys. Hey, morning. Uh, DVE, well, new producer guy, uh, Joe. <laughs> Joe. Joe, good name for a guy to get you the coffee, huh? Yeah, he doesn't get coffee for us. He does not. Well, yeah, you know, obviously, I know that's a joke for the comedy. Okay. You know, on the DV Morning Show, you got to have that, you know, especially when uh, Randall's uh, up on his eye horse there about Barkle hanging out with Tom Brady like he's having brunch with Slobodan Milosevic or something like that. No, all right, look, I admit, I've been wondering what the deal is with Burkle being in Tom Brady's box at the Super Bowl, but, I mean, what is the deal? Oh, well, you know, obviously, uh, Barkle admired a Tom Brady, you know, for uh, for a long time. Uh, he sees him as the next uh, Fountain of Youth guy. Yeah, uh, Ponce de Leon. No, thanks. I'll stick with Chateau Margot. <laughs> <laughs> Joke. Yeah. Somebody. Oh, okay. So, wait. Now, <laughs> Burkle is interested in the TB12 workout regimen? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you should see how much water he drinks now. Yeah. Chugs it. Pounds the water. Burkle yeah. does. Every time I turn around, Burke will take another Dastani to the face. <laughs> yeah. In fact, you know, he's going to franchise the TB12, you know? And uh, he wants the boys to uh, start doing it. He wants the Pens to start implementing the TB12 workout regimen? Yeah, and they're all on board, except for Phil Kessel. Yeah, when he heard about the diet restrictions, he shot out at a cryotherapy tube like a flabby cannonball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a potato yeah, yeah, cannon. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, he was pissed. I bet. Well, he's, yeah. I know he likes his food. Yeah. He almost came around to the idea, though, when he heard about all the massages. 
Then he found out they didn't end with the old uh, Toronto tug. So he's uh, <laughs> sticking to Philanetics, you know, his uh, workout regimen. Philanetics. You know, obviously that's fine. You uh, know, you stick with what works, right. you know. Every guy different yeah, every and whatnot. Guy's... Sure, yeah. But so, so have you ever tried the TB12 regimen? No. No, the part where you have to lip kiss your son for five counts. <laughs> no, I don't think that's actually part of it. No, well, you know, obviously, uh, I'm Le Magnifique. I prefer uh, ML66 to uh, TB12, you know? Yeah. What's that? To uh, 18 holes, uh-huh. Chateaubriand, bottle of Margot, glass of port, Arturo Fuente with Grand Marnier, wake up and do it again next day. Oh! <laughs> I'm a poet, and I didn't even know it. <laughs> Ooh. Weird. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I, I guess I understand it now. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us, Mario. But hey, stop sniffing around for information about Barkle. Okay. okay? It's, yeah, but it was just all weird. you need to know about Barkle is that he's hilarious. Okay, I know. Remember, first rule of Barkle Club. Don't talk about Barkle Club. All right. All right, boys. I'll walk. <laughs> DV Morning Show. Foo Fighters. When are they coming back? July 19th, I think, PPG Paints Arena. That's got to be sold out already, isn't it? I have not heard. Well, shows just sell out now because the ticket scalpers just hop on and buy everything. It sucks. Damn scalpers. The, How is that legal? I don't know. It drives me crazy. The band, uh, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of Fish. I go see, you know, I still, I've been seeing them since I was a kid. I, I, I love them. And uh, they they sell out now. In a lot of places, before they go on sale somehow, like the scalpers have like... I don't know how that's possible. I don't even understand it. And uh, you can buy tickets on the secondary market before they go on sale. And they're like $220 to sit in the pavilions for those outdoor, you know, arenas. Like, uh, or not arenas, but the outdoor theaters, amphitheaters. That's a lot of mixtapes you have to trade. I know. Like, (laughs) those days are done, yeah, but there was was a time... Just a barter system, right? <laughs> there used to be in the parking lots, yeah, yeah. way back. But um, that sucks. That you know, think about like going out to Star Lake and having to spend two hundred fifty bucks to just sit in a flipping pavilion. I would spend no money and sit at home. Well, that's what a lot of people are doing. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you about something uh, a little later this morning. Uh, I'm a little worried because I, as much as anybody, like using Amazon for dumb things. Stuff I don't need right away. Like if I need a book, a book, uh, splitter for, you know, stereo, something, you know, any dumb item that is not pressing. If I'm thinking about it, I'll just click on Amazon, order it, and then I know it's going to be at my house in two days and I don't have to drive, you know, out into the, the, you know, far into the suburbs to get one thing. And what did you used to do? You used to wait around until you got a bunch of things to get. Then you go out and get them all, right? Not anymore. Now we're just boom, 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 piecemealing. Instant and, gratification. And now that uh, Jeff Bezos owns Whole Foods. And the world. Oh, boy. <laughs> got some bad news. He's going to make it easier than ever to have the groceries delivered right to your door. And I'm terrified about what this is going to do for us. Oh, well, that's Giant bad Eagle news. Already delivers with like on your an app on your phone. Probably. Really? I know you can go online and do it. I'm sure you can do it on an app. Do they do it in two hours? Ah, uh, that I don't know. Because that's what I've not had. It, I've not used the service. 
I just I, see. I heard that. I read that article and was like, "This is awesome." awesome. <laughs> I know, and I I don't have to go to the grocery store anymore. My initial thought was, "This is awesome," and then I started to think, "Uh oh." The bad part is first step. It, yeah, it's easier for me to isolate myself from everyone. Right. And everything. We're really going to start hating each other. We're really cocooning. We're really just yeah. You know, social media is already making us sort of carve out niches and just stay in our own little group. Well, weren't you just talking about yesterday how technology is going to come along where we don't all have to be in the same room to do the show? Oh, yeah. Like, well, it's, it's already, already here. Exists. That's, it already that's where we're heading. Total oh. and complete isolation. Yeah. And I, I got to say, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only thing I'm excited about, about the potential of having your um, groceries delivered from Amazon is that someday soon you'll be able to I, I will definitely be ordering like big boxes of tampons to my friends' houses and stuff like that and like just hope the drone flies over their neighborhood and all the kids can look up and be like, What's going on over Where's there? Rain and pearls. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Johnson's getting a big they got hemorrhoid pads. What's going on over there? <laughs> it just flump, drop him on his front lawn and just flies away. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, mostly we're in a lot of trouble. All right, uh, Sean Collier will, be jo- Collier will be joining us to talk about the new Fifty Shades movie, which is hilarious. You hate it. I, I it, mean, how could you not hate it? The first, I never saw the first one in its entirety. I just saw bits and pieces, and it was horrible. <laughs> like, not sexy at all, because no. the acting is so bad. I think they're building up to a snuff film. I think that's where <laughs> this is going. DV. Alice Cooper. Is Alice okay, Val? Didn't you say he got in a big accident? Yeah, he not a big one. He was he's okay. What did he do? He's got uh I don't know, car accident. Is he injured <laughs> in the flu tog with Dave Crowley? I don't think so. <laughs> Crowley. No. Crowley. I, I think an original piece Mr. of artwork Crowley. fell out of his storage space onto him. Is that what it was? Yeah. Another eight million dollar <laughs> Warhol just fell out of his his storage closet. <laughs> um the Dave Crowley thing I was talking about, that's crazy news. It is. The guy who does all the poems and stuff on Channel 2? Yeah. Yeah. He got hurt in the Red Bull Flutog reporting on it. He filed the report. Comes to find out later, he like ruptured his spleen that doing that. crazy. I know people got hurt doing that. How did he how But did isn't he, he like hurt? 60? Should they not be sending the frail 60-year-old guy flying off, off the, of a 30-foot embankment? The, the deck? You're cool with hang gliding, right? <laughs> Into the river? Right. That's something that you're okay with, right? Come on. Get right, someone Dave? else over there to do it. For crying out. You got Jeff for Zizella, man, huh? Right. Just have him do He's it. He's a young guy. For Zizella, man, it'll pee. <laughs> it's Vuvuzela. Vuvuzela. Yeah. He could do it. Definitely. They'll make Dave Crowley. <laughs> now he's just doing poems about his spleen. <laughs> Blew off the bank to see what I could glean. <laughs> Two weeks later, I'd ruptured my spleen. <laughs> what do you got uh, next? Ah, uh, today is National Pizza Day. So we're going to talk about every it. Day. We're going to celebrate it. And we'll also talk about what Rich Robinson has to say about his brother Chris in a recent Rolling Stone it, interview. I lo- yeah, I love hearing this stuff. In all seriousness, uh, get well soon, Dave. I, I think those injuries are probably more serious than uh, than anybody thought. He's been out of work for months. He still isn't back to work? No. That was like last August. Yeah. I know. It's the it's like the number one trending story in Post-Gazette uh, today on the website. Oh my 
God. Yeah. Wow. Like, dude's been injured for a long time. He's got to heal up. The flu talk is coming back, right? <laughs> right. They're like, you ready to do it again? <laughs> We're just going to shoot you out of a cannon this year. Oh, good. Uh, on the way, uh, Sean Carr, you're talking about Fifty Shades Freed. The new Fifty Shades. Uh, Chet Vincent's in the coffee house today. I'm very much looking forward to this. His new album is outstanding. I love it. And Jerry Dulac talks about the new coaching changes for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He'll update you on that coming up 845. <laughs> um, I think the person broke in the house and, and probably had, you know, they, they obviously knew it was the Gronkowski. They were just hoping that, uh, that there weren't any brothers that were just, you know, lurking around. But, yeah, I, Rob, I, I feel bad for the guy because um, I think uh, he probably had, doesn't have great security systems. He seems like a guy that just trusts somebody. If somebody breaks into his house, he just assumes that they're there to party. Randy Bellman and the DVE yeah. Morning Show. Yeah, Mr. Skid uh, from MrSkid.com will be on in uh, a, a little while here. And uh, that was PFT Commenter from Pardon My Take Podcast. He uh, is just one of the funniest dudes. <laughs> if you're not listening to that podcast yet, you should. Barstool Sports, pardon my take. Yeah, those guys are great. Yeah, Coming up uh, a little bit later on, Sean Collier joining us here to talk about the new Fifty Shades movie. People are very excited about it. No, people are not. Very excited, Val. Who? Lots of wine. You? Dr- no, I'm not. I mean, but like <laughs> the the wine drinking sector. That would be of, weird if you were. Suburban women? So the Cougar Town. That's me. The Cougar Town clicks. I am not excited about it. Yeah, but you've never been like, uh, oh, I'm drinking my Chardonnay with my girls <laughs> kind of chick. You know what I mean? I guess. That's not a shot at you. That's it's just an observation. No, no I didn't take it that I, way. I like uh, that about you. It's actually a compliment. Yeah. There are, uh, you know, there's lots of people who are going to ironically enjoy this and others, maybe not so much. I mean, Sean can tell you. I mean, hey, you know, you're sitting in the theater. Sometimes you hear laughter. Sometimes you hear gasps. This time you heard the phrase, ooh, girl, a lot. (laughs) Just a lot of exclamations. You could probably find better softcore porn. Oh, that's definitely true. Yeah, but not with Dakota Johnson. No, with Shannon Tweed. Yes. Yeah, a lot of Shannon Tweed. Go back. It's hard to that see archive. that stuff on the big screen, though. This gives you grants you the opportunity to see softcore porn on a big screen. We are out of that era. You can't go to the garden anymore. No. Well, that wouldn't be softcore. Well, that would not be softcore. No. no, that would be hazmat. But there used to be porn drive-ins and porn theaters all around downtown. Not now so you, much. You got to be alone. The only part of what I saw of the first movie was abusive. Oh yeah, it's very. Disturbing. I mean, it's naughty. It's just not sexy. I'm expecting him to kill her in one of these movies, accidentally. <laughs> Didn't they just get married? <laughs> that, they, yeah, they did. That's the plot of this one, I yeah. think. Fifty Shades of Fifty Shades Robert of Durst. Oops, I killed her. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little too kinky. My bad. Remember Shouldn't to say have your safe word. Sledgehammer in. Say your safe word. Say 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 anything. Say uh oh. Oh, no. Robert Durst stars oh, no. in. <laughs> What's up with that I guy lately? It. I don't know. I mean, we all. are so... I mean, look, in today's culture, if you could just keep your head down long enough, the news cycle will move past you. I just watched the Fox, Fox Catcher documentary the other night. I'm like, huh, what happened to Robert Durst? Because he's kind of a similar guy. Yeah, I, I think he's just kind of hanging out. How uh, crazy was the jinx? I mean... Nuts. 
I was absolutely fascinated One by that story. One of the story. greatest documentaries. Not enough people saw it, though. Not got it. If you haven't seen it, you got to oh, go back and watch it. Still on demand on HBO. But I might watch it again. If you don't have HBO, you haven't seen it. Like it needs to make its way onto Netflix so that people who will, you know only have the ten dollar a month stream, yeah. streaming service can see it. Because that is one of the most remarkable miscarriages of justice, and shows you how rich people can just yeah. not go to jail. Dude, he was living as a woman and dismembered his neighbor in Texas. And <laughs> got away with it. And got away with it. Yeah. Got. I think the charge he got was like mutilation of a body or something. Something like that. Hilarious. Insane. Uh, Val, what do you got going on? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. For 11. It's 19 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Giant Eagle Curbside Express. Court officials in Greensburg say the trial of a man charged with shooting a St. Clair Township police officer is underway. During opening statements, the jury heard Officer Lloyd Reed's final words after prosecutors say he was shot by Ray Shetler in November of 2015. Prosecutors played back the radio transmission from Reed saying he was shot and needed help. Shetler's attorneys allege their client did not know Reed was a police officer when he arrived at the scene for a domestic dispute. The Winter Olympics begin today with the opening ceremony. Athletes from more than 90 countries will march into the stadium in Pyeongchang, South Korea. Spotlight shining brightest on teams from host South Korea and rival North Korea. The athletes will march in together under one flag. Four-time wow. Olympian loser Aaron Hamlin will be carrying the flag for Team USA. NBC broadcasting the opening ceremony live uh, at 8 p.m. tonight. Uh, it was already on at 6 a.m., uh, but the big to-do, the big primetime thing is 8 o'clock tonight. And tomorrow, marking the first full day of competition at the Winter Olympics and the first day medals will be awarded. Medals handed out uh, in uh, women's biathlon, women's cross-country skiing, men's 1,500-meter short track speed skating, Normal hill ski jumping and women's 3,000 meter speed skating. I like and normal hill. <laughs> it's just normal. Abnormal hill is up next. Fancy hill. And dozens of Russian athletes <laughs> are being denied a final bid to attend the Olympics. Hours before the opening ceremony, an appeals court ruled that 47 athletes and coaches cannot compete in the Winter Games. The entire Russian delegation was banned from competing because of a state-sponsored doping scandal during the 2014 Games in Sochi. However, there are still 169 Russian athletes in the Games, but they are not competing under the Russian flag. Instead, they are designated as Olympic athletes from Russia. I'll tell you, the most athletic feats I have seen so far in the early days of these Olympic Games has been the U.S. men's figure skating team trying to get away from Mike Pence, who's trying to shock him with a cattle prod, <laughs> a gay conversion cattle prod that he carries. They're just like doing the opening ceremonies and walking into the uh, arena, and he's <laughs> trying to hit them all. He, by accident, cattle prods them into a triple axle. <laughs> Is that cheating? I don't know. He's leading the, uh, he's leading the U.S. team, right? He's walking, uh, he's walking them out there, Rex, uh, uh, Rex Banyan-looking guy, Mike Pence. I don't know. Yeah. Is is mother sure. with him? No, mother is. She's in the stands. Is anybody other than me thinking that this is a good time for Kim Jong Un to make a statement? <laughs> what, I mean, what does that mean? Not, Val? not a good time for him. <laughs> that it's sounded a good time. very ominous. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else think it's time to make this a statement? <laughs> anybody else think this would be a prime time? This would be his opportunity to. Well, he's trying. I mean, he, it's he's sixty miles trying from the to, DMZ. From what I understand, have like some sort of diplomatic 
uh, victory here going. because his sister is going, and then he was didn't he team up with South South Korea? He's actually trying oh, yeah. to like uh, rekindle a diplomatic relationship well, with them without the help of Washington. Yeah, his no. sister has a lot to do with that. If it were a Bond movie, yes, he would be lulling us all into a false <laughs> sense of security. That's especially, but his sister's there. He's not going to attack. He doesn't have a good track record with not killing siblings. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, that is, that is true. Yeah. He's willing to sacrifice. I mean, after seeing all those videos of people getting shot trying to jump over a, a fence, like, I wouldn't want to be a pole vaulter for the North Korean team. <laughs> it's not a habit like one of the security guards would be like, what is he doing? You can't yeah. let them know you're good at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not if you live anywhere near the DMZ. <laughs> How far were you from uh, DMZ when you were there? Um, we were about 15 miles. That close. Wow. That's yeah. where the American bases are. Yeah, we we went to the 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 northernmost part of South Korea, like the the base that's basically like front lines. Like mm -hmm. something goes down, they're the first in, and uh, that was pretty. Like it was terrifying, but not. You were there before all the tweet nuclear war threading was. It, uh, it going was on. stepping up though. Yeah, like it it had already like it was at least. Uh, it was happening when we went over there. It didn't get so out of control, you know, until we were back. But right. it was scary. There was a, a missile that or some rocket that shot over right where we were in Japan, like two weeks after we came back. You remember when I they were testing and they yeah. were just like, like flying over, like over landed Japan. right yeah. in the water. Yeah. A new fitness trend in Sweden has joggers picking up trash along their path. There is a community of fitness and environmentally minded people over there calling themselves ploggers, which uh, is a word that combines the Swedish verbs to pick up and to jog. Ploggers. Ploggers. I'm just trying to get not fall it. down. I'm, I'm not going to stoop. Yeah, how would you get much exercise if you're stopping every two feet to pick up garbage? I don't know. Bending down can be, you know, depends on what you're picking up, too. If it's heavy, you know, you can deadlift it. <laughs> and a Canadian magazine is being priced differently for men and women. The latest issue of McLean's News Magazine comes in two different versions, one for women being sold for $6.99, one for men being sold for $8.81. That 26% difference in price is being done to highlight the estimated gender pay gap in Canada. And you get Lady Doritos with them, I heard. <laughs> Which is a bonus. There is a drug suspect in the U.K. who is doing everything he can to prevent police from getting evidence in a drug case against him. He swallowed his stash of drugs, and now he hasn't pooped for three weeks. <laughs> the 24-year-old has been on a bathroom strike for 22 Yikes. days. Police have the man under constant supervision. Police department has been tweeting daily about the man's refusal to poop. The article in Time states that the police continue to tweet the daily updates to show that drug dealing is not really all that glamorous. You never get me to poop, copper. Huh? If you're wondering, like I was, uh, 23 days the record for the longest time a suspect has refused to use the bathroom. Which, but how long till you die? Can't they just give him like a an FBI colonic or something? Yeah, refusal. Refusal to poop sounds like sounds like an '80s prog band or something. <laughs> right, we're gonna see uh, "Gathered by Voices." Uh, refusal to poop. Uh, 
refusal to poop. David Crosby. Poop now. I just pictured them ordering it. I refuse. I won't. I won't. I know my rights. I won't do it. David Crosby is not ruling out a Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young reunion as long as Donald Trump is in the White House. In a recent interview, Crosby admitted he's currently not really getting along with Graham Nash or Neil Young, but said their mutual hatred of Trump leads open leaves open the possibility of a reunion. Specifically, Crosby is quoted as saying, we don't like each other, but we like Trump a whole lot less. Right. So far, neither Stills, Nash, nor Young have commented. They just wait for it. As soon as Neil Young snaps his fingers, they all jump to attention. I'm sure, yeah. And they've, all, you know, we've we've interviewed Graham Nash and talked about it before, and he's like, and I always say, you know, like that same sort of joke. And I, so I asked him about it. Why do you guys, you know, are, are you at his beck and call? And he's like, he, he's that talented. He is. He's just that good. Yeah. He's Neil Young, and with us, it's a uh, it's the Hall of Justice. You know, it's all of the superheroes coming together. The enemy of my enemy wrote my my hey hey, so we'll do what he wants. <laughs> Forecast today: snow, forty for the high. It is nineteen degrees at DVE. Mister Skin from MisterSkin.com is on the line right now. What's up, man? How are you? Hey, doing great, doing great. I know you guys will be disappointed, but Jamie Dornan said no more. Fifty Shades movies after uh, this. That's, this that's is it, huh? No. Well, let, let me ask you something first, Skin. So, look, Fifty Shades coming out this, and this is a big movie. Yeah, it makes uh, a lot of money. I, it's cra- yeah, a lot of people laugh, but these movies are big money makers. Yep. Uh, although I, I wonder what it's going to do to Dakota Johnson's career. I think this was a gamble she made that she, she may end up regretting. But I, I'm not well, sure. I think she made some decent dough off of this uh, franchise, no question. Yeah, but ultimately, they you know, yeah. actresses want to act. So let, let me ask you something. It, it, the studios, are, they work with you, and they have worked with you for years. Yes. Um, right up to the point where you were basically the uh, part of the plot in the movie Knocked Up yeah. <laughs> uh, with Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. So you have enjoyed a, g- a great relationship. Catherine Heigl. Yeah. Catherine Heigl, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, you've had a great relationship with the studios a long time. In in this new day and age of uh, uh, of the the Me Too awakening, do you feel that they're being more reluctant than they used to be, or is this still seen as something that is completely separate from 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 what has been an industry wide awakening? Well, I think in the movies, um, the answer is yes. There's been less nudity, and as you say, it's like sharing it with me. Not really. Uh, that hasn't changed at all because they need to publicize these movies, so we still get tons of screeners and all this stuff. But you got to remember, this um, Fifty Shades is is the exception. Uh, most big budget blockbuster movies have no nudity in our PG-13. The reason is, of course, because it's the young kids that go to theaters, and if you have nudity, the young kids won't be able to get in. And don't forget, too, a lot of these movies end up in China, and China is very prudish about nudity, and that's where a lot of big money is for these movie studios. So that's more the reason there's a little less nudity. But television is so crazy right now, Nothing has slowed that down, and in fact, I'm seeing more graphic nudity on HBO and Netflix, shows like High Maintenance, Sunday Nights on HBO, um, Easy on Netflix. High Maintenance is a great show. Great show, but if you just stumbled upon that not knowing... Uh, the context, you'd th- think you accidentally stumbled on a porn site. The, uh, the episode last week certainly certainly was like that, yeah. yeah what time does that air? But um, <laughs> as far as uh, for 
the the studios I'm still getting the screeners and all that stuff but more importantly for nu- c- celebrity nudity in general over the landscape of television and movies combined there's never been more I, I actually think I'm I'm more valuable now cuz there's just so many more places to find this that it's good to have a person or a website that tracks all this stuff cuz it's overwhelming how many shows there are right now? But so studios have not been like r- reluctant in terms of like worrying about exploiting their actresses. Well, I think if you if you phrased it that way, maybe they would. But if you think, well, um, hey, when Fifty Shades, this new one, Fifty Shades right. Freed, um, is going to come out on Blu-ray, they're going to send us the Blu-ray because we're going to, you know, I'm going to talk about it. It's not. Yeah. I don't think it's considered. You know, exploiting the actresses, just like, hey, we're really excited that this is a sexy uh, movie that people should check out, and we'll talk about it. So I guess you got to look at it that yeah. way. All right. Uh, so Fifty Shades, pretty, uh, pretty big. Yeah. Uh, once be big. again, there'll be a ton of nudity, and they've all, the first two made a lot of money, and we all joke about it. But and I'm happy that there's movies like this still because there aren't as many mainstream films, uh, big blockbusters that have great nudity. But Fifty Shades Freed's open tonight. Another one. You guys are going to. It had to stop, though, right? This, this, the Fifty Shades franchise has to stop here because they can't have like Fifty Shades and a baby. I know because they're <laughs> married in this one, so it's weird. Yeah, <laughs> so I think we're we're done. So, yeah, but you guys are going to be hearing a lot about a show called Altered Carbon uh, that Netflix released last week. Um, it's based on that 2002 cyberpunk sci-fi no- novel by Richard K. Morgan, and they did a television show about this starring uh, Joel Kinnaman. You might know him from House of Cards. He was yeah. in the RoboCop movie. He plays Takeshi Kovacs, a, a U.N. elite soldier. And it's about uh, uh, the future where you're able to transfer consciousnesses between bodies called sleeves. And I'll tell you this, it's a big-budget uh, sci-fi series getting great reviews. But i got to tell you, my head of content at Mr. Skin went through the first season last Friday and told me this, and I quote, in my 10 years of working at Mr. Skin, I've never seen a season of any show that had better nudity and sexy women than Altered Carbon. So it's a, a great show, high, uh, big budget, and tons of It's like every actress is nude in this movie. Excuse me? Every actress is nude in this movie. Yeah, and full frontal. It's crazy. I, I, it's nothing like you've ever seen before. It's compared to Westworld, but almost like Westworld on steroids, and it's it's pretty crazy. Netflix so. has been had even more nudity than the paid cable channels. Yes, n- yes, no question about it. And more, yeah, they have more shows with nudity than even HBO and Showtime. Same with uh, Amazon's up there too. So uh, Blake Lively, who is uh, well, not just That's Mrs. Ryan Reynolds. She is a favorite. Yeah, she. Uh, you know, she's best known. Blake Lively is. Uh, uh, playing uh, Serena on Gossip Girl from like 2007 to 2012, and I'd always get asked about her, and um, you know, I'd, people ask me if an actress has ever done a nude scene. I'd always say with Blake Lively, no, but you know, it's it's bound to happen, right? Well, there's a new movie that's out. Uh, actually, came out two days ago called All I See Is You, and uh, came out on Blu-ray. And in it, Blake Lively makes her nude debut. So I know Gossip Girl fans will be very excited, and uh, she's. Uh, nude in in the shower and also during a sex scene and uh it's it's her new debut in the movie's called all i see is you
Is there is there an actress that people have continuously asked you about that's never actually done a nude scene? Because I was thinking about this the other day. I would have to think from my like when I was in college, the only the only actress that everybody was always like, "Oh my god," and it never happened was Jennifer Love Hewitt. Right, and uh, that's a great call. And, and technically, she did have a nip slip one hour, one minute, and 40 seconds into the tuxedo, but I digress. Uh, uh, the, the total recall on that yeah, is the, uh, the unreal. One, the one modern-day version or, or more updated version of Jennifer Love Hewitt would probably be Mila Kunis, who uh, has her character has been naked in movies, but it's always been a body double, and it was never her, like, uh, friends with benefits or uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, but she's one that is like how people were asking me about Blake Lively. It's even more intense mm-hmm. for Mila Kunis through the years. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Always a pleasure to talk to you, man. Thanks. You so got much. it, guys. Take we'll care. See you. see you, man. It is interesting that like this <laughs> weekend. Forty-six that is his <laughs> rolled off the tongue. Didn't I, mean, it? I didn't. I didn't prep him for that question. His pervert recall is uh, is. Never uh, never fails to impress. Uh, on the way for you, Sean will review the aforementioned Fifty Shades Freed. Yeah, I can. I'll, I'll, a slightly different take, but I've, I've got <laughs> plenty to say. I'll, let's leave it at that. Um, yeah, it kind of that name kind of gives it like it makes it sound like it's like like one of the those the slave era movies that came out <laughs> like a couple years ago. I I felt like it. It, it felt like a detergent. It's like, <laughs> bathe your clothes in Fifty Shades Freed. <laughs> for bounce and lift all day. Fifty Shades of Tide Pods. Oh yeah. See, they they of course launched this movie in conjunction with Valentine's Day weekend. Because sure. what's more romantic than sadomasochism? Yeah. Well, one thing, Mike. I'll tell you, Randall. You know, I used to dread Valentine's Day. What to get? Where to get it? Will she like it? How will it get there? Can I afford it? There were too many questions and not enough answers. But not anymore. My wife used to approach Valentine's Day with a lot more trepidation than anticipation. She was always afraid I'd get her something slutty instead of something loving, something that she'd you know, actually appreciate, but not anymore. She loves receiving roses from Pro Flowers as much as I love how affordable and easy it is to send them. Pro Flowers never disappoints, whether you go with the classic red roses or something new from Pro Flowers' assortment of unique bouquets and plants. You can't go wrong. Your Pro Flowers gift is guaranteed to arrive fresh and to stay fresh for seven days. You can also guarantee the delivery date of your choosing. And right now, my listeners can save 20% on any purchase of $29 or more by using my code MikeP. Valentine's Day is next week, so don't delay. Order today. And don't forget your 20% off on a purchase of $29 or more. Go to ProFlowers.com and use that MikeP code in the special boxes at checkout. Think inside the box this Valentine's Day. Order today from proflowers.com. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. And the Steelers finally uh, respond to the needs on the defensive side of the ball there by hiring a couple of coaches and reducing the uh, coaching responsibility of another. Yeah, people want to change on that defensive staff, right? After the Jacksonville Jaguars went up and down the field pretty much at will. I did. Secondary is where I really... And ran the Steelers out of the playoffs. Carnell Lake uh, has decided to step down and go be with his oldest son in California for his last year of high school football. So they needed a new defensive backs coach. If you won't fire me, I'll fire myself. Enter Tom Bradley, the Johnstown native, the longtime Penn State assistant coach. Uh, He has also worked at West Virginia in 2014 
and for the last three seasons at UCLA. Tom Bradley, the new defensive backs coach. Carl Dunbar has taken over as defensive line coach. He was a former eighth-round draft pick of the Steelers in 1990. He played one year with the Saints and two with the Cardinals in the league and has coached uh, in the NFL, working defensive lines with the Bears, Vikings, Jets, and Bills, and uh, most recently collegiately at the University of Alabama. And uh, Dunbar was brought aboard because John Mitchell, the defensive line coach since January the 31st, 1994, is getting a new role. He has been Mike Tomlin's assistant head coach since 2007 when Tomlin got here. But uh, apparently they're going to take that a uh, little more emphasis on that now and a little less on the day-to-day coaching stuff. Uh, according to the Steelers' release, Mitchell will oversee staff development among the coaching staff, work with current and former players in career development, and assist Coach Mike Tomlin in community-related events. I have no idea what that all means. <laughs> I think John Mitchell's a fantastic coach. Hands-on, no BS, keep your eye on the ball and work your ass off football coach. I Do you know. not think he wanted this? I think it's curious that they went to uh, a coach in Alabama to sort of supplant whatever responsibilities he might have had. I think that is to say, it seems to me like that would be an endorsement from him. I think if John Mitchell still wanted to be the defensive line coach, he would still be the defensive line coach. But that is a uh, supposition on my part. But Carl Dunbar is a guy who I mentioned the Steelers had drafted him when when John Mitchell was at LSU before he got. To Pittsburgh, Carl Dunbar played for John Mitchell at LSU. Mm-hmm. So drafted by the Steelers, didn't play, didn't make the Steelers. Ninety-four, uh, ninety, ninety. Okay. So we'll see how it works out. You got your change, people. We. Uh, You're we'll, saying it in a way that makes it sound like uh, you think it's a bad idea. Uh, no, I'm saying you, that's how you're phrasing it. I, I'm not trying to uh, project that. I, I'm trying to take a wait and see approach. Mm-hmm. I can't sit here and tell you. You got ever. your change, people. Does not exactly sound like an endorsement of what's going on. Can I say skeptical? Yeah. Well, it's okay. I was very skeptical about Randy yeah. Feigner. And, I, uh, uh, you know, I want to see how it plays out. Um, I can't sit here and tell you they are absolutely way better off today than they were a week ago. It also sounds like maybe they talked to Carnell Lake and they're like, "Hey, do you want to go spend more time with your uh, son?" Either that or they, they set the world record for reacting to a surprise step down. <laughs> hey, well, we have an opening. Whoa. Look at this, a candidate. What a quinky dink. I, I think when the guy came in the building with the paint can and started painting Tom Bradley's name on the door, <laughs> Carnell said, oh, I guess I'm going back to California. Well, what I, you know, I'm a big Tom Bradley fan. I love Tommy, and, uh, you know, he's been on the show a million times. And he used to work for us. He is the he is a great guy. Um and has a lot of friends here in Pittsburgh. And the one thing about Tom's abilities is one of the things that made him such a great college coach was he was a super strong recruiter. It was... So you're saying the Steelers are going to get everybody good from Central Catholic. <laughs> I think we're going to get all of Western PA now, so I feel feel a lot better about I like, it. Yeah, you've talked me into it. Yeah, Tom Bradley, between Penn State and going to West Virginia, was working for us here at ESPN Pittsburgh. I know. It's still shocking I, to me that Pitt never hired him. I, I did shows with that. him at training camp. Now I'm going to be watching him coach at training camp. Yeah, that's right. That'll be a he's gonna be uh, He's going to be avoiding you now. Yeah, Maybe he well, can just recruit the defense to not be jagoffs. 
you know, I mean, if a guy has an urge to use his Twitter account in an incendiary way, maybe he recruits them to not do that. He's definitely not an iron hand kind of guy. No, but he is uh, one of those, uh, as Mike Tomlin would call him, energy givers. He's he's constantly upbeat, at least the times I've been around him. Uh, always excited about what's going on. Uh, the kind of guy everybody likes to be around. We know this much. It didn't work this past season against the Jaguars in no. January. And, no, it did not. And that that was uh, a significant disappointment for a Steelers team that really thought it had a shot at something this year. Ended up taking a step back. At the other end of the state, they're still celebrating. Oh, are they ever? The Eagles beat the Patriots in the How Super Bowl. How about Kelsey? Jason Kelsey, did you hear this stuff? A legend. Oh. Uh, the parade in Philadelphia and then a speech on the steps of the art museum. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't see a lot of these things. This has to be in the conversation for among the greatest parade speeches after a oh, championship yes. ever. Uh, you might have heard the Eagles were underdogs in their two home playoff <laughs> games. I did hear that. They were, the, they were underdogs in the Super Bowl. A lot of people didn't give them a chance. They were the Heinz Ward of the NFL. You know, nobody gave them a chance, or so it seemed. And... Uh, that was discussed by Jason Kelsey yesterday on the steps of the Art Museum in Philadelphia. You know what the biggest underdog is? It's y'all, Philadelphia. For 52 years, y'all have been waiting for this. You want to talk about underdog? You want to talk about a hungry dog? For 52 years, you've been starved in this championship. Everybody wonders why we're so mean. Everybody wonders why the Philadelphia Eagles are, aren't the nicest fans. If I don't eat breakfast, I'm pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> now, to fully appreciate this, you got to understand a little Philadelphia history. They, on New Year's Day, they hold what they call the Mummers Parade, which is the, the best way I can describe it is it's like a bunch of marching bands who are dressed like Liberace. It's plumes and flowers okay. and long, a lot of sparkles. weird headdresses. And there's a guy out in front who kind of leads it, and he's dancing around like he's drunk, which probably is. And then it's banjos and that kind of music. Uh, what's the... Mariachi? It's not a band band, but it's a bunch of you know ukuleles and banjos and yeah, funny-type yeah, instruments like that. Yeah. And they walk down Broad Street, yeah. and everybody goes... Kind of has a Mardi Gras feel to it. That great... That's the perfect uh, comparison. So he's dressed like Mardi Gras yesterday. He's got a turban on and all that. <laughs> Sparkle sequins it's, Mar- it's Mardi Gras time, yeah. And uh, he decided to uh, sing for everyone the new chant that they've got going in Philly. It's no one likes us. No one likes us. No one likes us. We don't care. We're from Philly. F and Philly. No one likes us. We don't care. Ha, I like that. That's that's great. He went full he pro wrestler it. yesterday, oh, and it was glorious. Phenomenal. They, they, they've been waiting since 1960 for another NFL championship. That was pretty fun to watch until I saw the Crosby still sucks sh- uh, signs. I think. It, oh, I saw one that said uh, Crosby is still a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was. Yeah. But you know, Crosby have, still has three times as many championships right. as your football team. And uh, I'm bringing you this stuff as you know. What I like to do sometimes is fulfill our public service announcement. Sure. Everybody's feeling pretty good about the Eagles beating the Patriots. 
So I just want everybody to know, okay, now it's time to remember who you were rooting for. Yeah. <laughs> no one likes us. The we statute don't of limitations right. on that Go Philly stuff's over yeah, now, right? It's, it's over. over. Go back to hating them. Sean Collier tells you what's in theaters uh, this coming weekend. Also, Jerry Dulac talks about the coaching changes on the uh, Steelers. And no Chet Vincent no in the coffee house today. Us. Can't wait for that. No it's coming on TV. It is the DVE Morning Show. The Falcon Heavy rocket still orbiting the Earth. A Tesla A car was blasted into space, and we are so unmoved by that in today's fast-moving world. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people forgot it happened 48 hours ago, but it's still up there. And you can actually log on and follow it, Mm -hmm. like in real time, as it orbits the Earth. Now, here's the thing. Actually, I think it's out of the Earth's orbit now. I think it, like, somehow they had it, like, going somewhere else. Um, But flat Earthers were unmoved Uh. by what happened this past week. They, Why? they seem pretty open-minded. This has not <laughs> deterred them. They said, fake. It's all fake. Space travel is a hoax. Which is kind of scary to think about. But the Miami Herald talked to all these people down in Florida. I know the Earth is not a ball. Look, we live in Florida, dude, said Jeffrey Maine, 49, from Palm Harbor. If it's not observable, observable it's not science. It's theory. I mean... This is just crazy. Do they think that Florida, like the ocean, is just one big infinity pool? One guy who's a student at Central Florida says the video of the Tesla was fake because there's no stars, satellites, or debris to be found. Where's all the detritus? They got a lot of explanation for this. a lot of this stuff, Harvey said. It's a lot of blah, blah, big words. We're told you live on a ball and you can't leave unless you're an astronaut. I left Thursday. (laughs) Yeah, I can walk off this earth anytime I want. These people, I mean, it's scary to me. This is the this is what the internet is doing to us. These people are finding communities of fellow flat earthers. A guy in California, Mike Hughes, tried to launch a rocket this past weekend to disprove the uh, that the Earth was a, a globe that it was round. He had the flat earth rocket that it was going to blow off this past weekend, uh, but uh, failed to achieve liftoff, unfortunately. Here was uh, Mike Hughes talking about his rocket. I never stated or said this launch or the original jump of one mile was going to prove the flat earth. It was just a jump to raise the publicity for me and for the rocket to uh, raise the money to go into space later on in the year, which is a $1.8 to $2 million project, okay? (laughs) I believe the world is a different shape than what we were taught in those uh, programming centers, which is called public school system. Mm -hmm. And I quit in the 11th grade three different times because I was (laughs) fed up with it back in 1972 (laughs) to 74. I was just done with it. And if I'd known then what I know now, I would have quit after the sixth grade. Sure. So basically, we're graded in the public school system Mm -hmm. to regurgitate what we were told. I am going to run for governor of the state of California. <laughs> for the people supporting okay. me around the world, I, I appreciate it. All the, uh, all the all nice uh, emails and, and uh, greetings and text and, and everything else. We so are, anyway, I just wish the best for everyone. Yeah, yeah, we do too. I got an A- minus in regurgitation. This guy is <laughs> emblematic of a huge problem we have right now, which is people finding something to stand behind on the internet with a group of morons. This is the weird, kinky, porno theory extrapolated you have some weird kink you think you're alone and you suppress it 
This is your balloon fetish. Yes. And then all of a sudden you find out other people like to have sex with balloons and you're like, you know what? I'm not so weird. I have found my people. Yeah, the, this is where the internet fails us. Right. The flat earthers have are basically the... Like A band have, of dumb brothers. Yeah. Like to have sex with balloon people. They found their community. And that no amount of evidence will make them change their mind. Do they... I don't know. Do they acknowledge that if you take off from JFK and fly west long enough, you'll get back to JFK? Like, do they accept that? No. Okay. No. You, yeah, what? You just fall off a cliff. You fly into space. You just keep going. So they think if you go up there, they say, well, really, we're over the... They think they're, they're being lied to. And really, the plane's making a big circle around the placemat. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, that's, that's the part that doesn't make any sense to me. They never let you see the backside of the earth. You don't need a rocket to fly up and then take a picture of a plate. Just get in a plane and keep going and see if you don't sure. end up where you were. To start, why aren't we launching these people into space? <laughs> Look down. There's, I mean, if they don't think it's real, just go, go, get on us, get on the shuttle. These people who say like, "Oh, I shouldn't be able to see a couple of miles across a plane." If the Earth was flat, the curve, I, you know, I, it would be a curve. I wouldn't be able to see three blocks. Like, that's not how it works. It's not that. It, it's it's. We're not, not that walking stupid. on the outside of the globe, <laughs> dude. Like they I think, think we're we like walking on a marble. <laughs> this guy who's a student at Central Florida. I think we've put too much faith in science. Well, <laughs> that's a take you just don't hear enough of. And here's the thing that they love to say and don't mean at all. I just want people to question and think for themselves again and get back to trusting our own senses. Like they so don't people have no sense. <laughs> yeah, but you, this you have to defer to people that know stuff. Right. You know, and le- like you can't drop out of a school in Florida. The thing that is so funny <laughs> to me is that the same scientists who talked about global warming and will tell you that the earth is round and we'll have to deal with people who go, nope, (laughs) wrong. Those same scientists told you about a solar eclipse that was only going to happen in this small strip across the United States of America that went from like Seattle across the northern part of the country diagonally down through South Carolina with such precision that people traveled hours to see it. It was all staged. And and (laughs) millions of, it was the biggest global event that has ever happened like astronomically. All of these people came together to watch this phenomenon of astrology or astronomy whatever the hell it is when that stuff happens <laughs> we're good with that whoa, i don't whoa, think whoa. It, I, th- I think it's astrology right whatever no yeah no, no astronomy astronomy astrology, astrology is, is like your sign, your sign. Yeah. yeah yeah when it, there's a pisces astronomy is quincy jones having a conversation <laughs> the but then, all those people yeah are fine with that they they booked hotel rooms to see the eclipse but they're like nah i think there's flat the irony to me is if you if you went 300 years backwards and said the sun is going to black out I'm a wizard everyone would go god we got to trust this guy he must be a wizard <laughs> if today you say the sun is going to black out and here's the the evidence why I can break it down point by point people go Nah, I don't know. I'm skeptical. Now that you've told me what's happening I don't believe it. When I, it was just magic then yeah. I believed it. 
And they can't even see everybody telling them how dumb they are on the internet because their eyes are still healing from looking right into the sun. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the flat earthers are killing me. It's it, I don't know how that's still a thing. It's like something off Black Mirror. I'm telling you right now, Val. Please don't. I am not watching that show. I'm begging you. I, I can't. I want really you to be good. depressed all, as I am. I, Misery I loves can't. company, Val, and he's trying to suck you down into the vortex. I can't. No, it, it is. When you watch that show, you're like, yep. Oh, yeah, that's where we're going. Right. Oh, it's going to happen. don't you dare. <laughs> don't you dare. It's a crystal ball, Val. I the saddest thing I want you enough. watching is Marley and me. That's it. <laughs> Uh, Sean, call you here to, uh, speaking of sad movies, uh, 50 shades freed. Yeah, we've done it. We'll get to, uh, the full, uh, <laughs> we're there. We've the full it. review. We made it everybody. <laughs> She's finally been released I back into like, the wild. I do like the idea. I'm going to go back on what I said earlier. They should continue this. It should be 50 shades and a baby. And then, um, 50 shades, just the 50 shades of us soccer with the whole family. And then finally <laughs> they put it on Friday nights on ABC. <laughs> right. And it's just like 50, the 50, 50 Shades Sleepy. 50, <laughs> 50 Shades, shades Aging. Yeah. Uh, Val's got news next. We're going to talk about, we didn't get to this stuff at 7 o'clock, uh, National Pizza Day today, and we'll talk about mm. Rich Robinson, how much he hates his brother. And Chris. when it gets to the retirement community, then it gets good again. <laughs> then it's 50 Shades, we're back. 50 Shades Grey. 50 Shades of Grey, yeah. <laughs> Eleven. I think Tw- refusal to poop is a misdemeanor. I think that's... <laughs> I want to see the movie. I, 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 this is. I want to see a movie like Million Dollar Arm, Million Dollar Colon. <laughs> right. All you need to do is put like an arbitrary. If he doesn't poop in thirty days, then then we have to release him. <laughs> and then you all, the stakes, the countdown. Oh, that would be great. Get John Hamm to play the guy. It's feeding him nothing but fiber. That would be great. How long can you avoid going to the bathroom? Elvis. I don't know. I mean, I mean look. Yeah, isn't that I mean, what, uh, killed Elvis. It's. I don't know if it killed Why, that, him. You you reach a certain point and then you go septic. I would imagine. I, it he just keeps backing up. Yeah, he didn't go septic. I mean, he had a his heart just plumb stopped. Right? Isn't that what happened to him? I, I don't know. I just I only know the story about fifty plus pounds. Of, yeah. The word impacted is really <laughs> oof, the disturbing part of that all, is it? Because it's yeah. not like he's backed it up. It's like no, it's impacted. We're gonna need some. Duca Lattes. <laughs> <laughs> Police say the mother of Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher Elias Diaz has been kidnapped in Venezuela. Venezuelan media are reporting Anna Soto was taken in the Venezuelan city of San Francisco. Pirates president Frank Cunali released a statement saying the club and Major League Baseball would do whatever it could to help Diaz through this difficult time. Oh, man. That's, uh, isn't it the second person? That's what I thought. On the Pirates, he's been uh, somebody in the Dominican... Yeah, was involved in a kidnapping. These guys well, get rich and they go home, and they, you know, their families it, now targets. Mm-hmm. Wait, wasn't wasn't it the Reds player that like they there was some woman that was like supposedly tied up in his hotel no, room when was, he was here? Or all this Chapman? Yeah, that was different. Totally different. Yeah, this is she just she robbed him. These are people in third world countries. Yes, who now have you know millions of dollars. So bandits figure let's kidnap their cousin or their mom or whoever, and you know. And a lot of those guys have to escape their countries just to come play here, especially the Cuban players. Me and Bill were watching, uh, uh, there was video footage on the Post-Gazette website of uh, El Coffee Polanco mm-hmm. working out. And uh, he's working out in like a park in the Dominican. So he's outside and everything. I, you know, eh, 
Not 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 Antonio Brown caliber workouts. No, but he looks strong. But he does look strong. But they had like the like the things where you like go through the hoops, you know, the, yep. do the footwork drills. Kind of looked like they were just, <laughs> just mailing it in just a little bit. Kind of relaxing. Just like eh, this is nice. Well, it 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 it's kind of consistent but, with how he runs in the outfield. Right. <laughs> yeah, that might be the problem. <laughs> yeah. Those rings were really far apart. <laughs> yeah, but they did have a how to kidnap camp going on right next to him. Yeah. <laughs> a report suggests you might want to upgrade that phone if you're a single guy. A study by dating site Match says women are 90% more likely than men to judge their date for having an older model phone. Three quarters of singles said they would be turned off if their date answered the phone without any explanation. Just having a phone around could be a hazard. 60% say they don't want their date to put their phone on the table. And 40% say it's rude when somebody takes their phone to the bathroom. I'll tell you what's really, like, awkward is if you're, like, on an early date, like, first couple, and you're driving in the car and your phone is Bluetoothed into the car and it rings. It's like... And then and it like, shows up on the dash. It doesn't matter if it's who it is, but like you just hit the mute on it, uh-huh. and it depending on what the car is, like it'll just sit there, like uh, you know, so and so's calling, and if like my sister would call or something, I'm, that's my sister. That's uh, <laughs> my sister. Mm-hmm. Sister. It's not another girl. I'm my, also dating. My, <laughs> <laughs> it's my, my sister. I wish I was single, just if for no other reason than to show up at a at a date and like. Pull out a phone that was like either that first phone that looked like a Bag cinder phone. block or like an LG flip phone just to have fun with it. Because, you know, everybody puts their phone on the table now when they eat. Just you have the worst phone ever. You shouldn't on a date probably. but I don't yeah. know. I haven't been on a date in 10 years. Yeah, that's, yeah a, I, that's a bad move if you're on a date. I don't. I don't. I Even mean, now, I don't know. Sean could probably speak to yeah. it better. What, what the millennials are doing these days, but I, I can't imagine too many people even just break the phone right out. Like I'm putting this out here to like, let you know. Oh I'm no, using my phone. no! I, I, it's, it's, it's almost like at the point where you can fart around your the person you're dating. That's the point <laughs> that's, when you you can be phone rude. It's probably a, a safe. It's about the same, like four or five dates, <laughs> yeah. like pretend. So you accidentally right. rip one on the first day, you're like, F it, and pull out the phone. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to start texting people. Yeah. Sorry. That's it. Fubbing, third date. Farting, second date. That's fine. That's fine. Today is National Bagel Day. Wait, I thought it was National, National Pizza, pizza day. day. It is also National Pizza Day. Let's do some pizza I wanted, bagels. I wanted to give uh, the bagel its due. National Shout out to Conicellas. Stuff on hard bread day. Americans- Conicellas has pizza bagels? Oh, yeah. Greenfield, Who? Greenfield Ave, Conicellas. It's a pizza shop, dude. I used to make those after school when I was a kid. Get the Lenders bagels and like the ragu pizza so sauce. Good. Put it in a oh. toaster oven. Too much. Too, too much? much. Not a fan. Too. Ah, uh, it's too. You, she too likes big. the thin pizza. Einstein's has decent pizza bagels. Don't I don't they? mind, but oh, I, I don't know. I've never I, had them. I only eat thin. Well, I won't say I only eat thin bagels, but they're so much better. Thin bagels. The little tiny half bagel. Oh, oh yeah. The Munchkin it's, bagels. Yeah, it's, it's just it's too much. Val likes tiny bagels. Too much chew. <laughs> uh, Americans eat approximately 100 acres of pizza every day, or 350 slices per second. Each person in America eats an average of 46 slices of pizza a year, and 22% <laughs> can eat a whole pizza alone. How so far, far over, over that? 46 oh are my you? God, at least 100. <laughs> You're a hundred over. Yeah, 
I, I swear I put down over 150 you slices. You do 12 a slices year. a month? Sure. It's 144. Easy. 30% Easy. of us eat pizza once a week. Yeah, yep. sure. Kids between the ages of 3 and 11 prefer pizza over all over food groups, which I would have guessed it would be chicken nuggets. Because kids love chicken nuggets. Cheese, the number one topping, followed by pepperoni, sausage, mushrooms, bacon, onions, green peppers, black olives, Canadian bacon, and pineapple. People like it. I have such a like a fidgety stomach where I'm like, uh, I, I never eat, you know, feel hungry enough. Pizza, I'm Joey All Chestnut. In. I could I could eat fifty slices in a sitting, I feel like. Anchovies always rank last on the list of possible favorite toppings for pizza how many slices do you have in a sitting because if i order slices Depends. i'm got yeah. i'm getting how many at least got? four how many are there right the, the gigantic <laughs> at least ones, four when you get just a slice there oh huge. yeah you can go four of those easily yeah, like, minimum uh, three. that's impressive like if a I, benny benny fierro south side slice yes yeah, if you I can have, do four of those four of those no way dude dude that, that's a lot. i will show you prove it it's, i've it's, seen it somebody get a pizza real. down here he's gonna demonstrate it's real like those, you know, those ironborn pizzas that were brought I in. I love those. Oh, those are great. I'll, I'll do a whole one of those. How many slices uh, are in that? See, that's a real thick. Six. But they're piece. those are thick, yeah. I was just like, throw those down easy. That's Sicilian like three pan, pan pizzas. I was just in New York and and a friend sent me to the best their favorite bagel and pizza places. Joe's? Joe's Pizza? No. Uh, didn't make it there. It was especially the bagels being bagel day as well, but a, a couple really good and I, and I was eating it and loving it and then I went Oh, crap. Now I'm a pizza and bagel snob. Now yeah. I will never be satisfied anywhere else again. Great. This is not a gift. This is a curse. I'm going to come back hating everything. <laughs> Years ago, we were staying right by Joe's Pizza, and on the way to the airport, we got two slices, drove to the airport, flew back to Pittsburgh, and went right to Fiore's. <laughs> to compare. Wow. To compare. It's like a pizza crawl. Yeah, it was awesome. And uh, Fiore's won out. Really? I, I'm, I'm a big Fiore's fan. I love Fiore's. 62% of Americans prefer meat toppings on their pizza. 38 prefer Not veggies. always. The meat can ruin a, a, a good slice. I go the cheese with Fiori's. I, like, Fiori's, I think j just cheese is better. But there are other slices. Like, if I get a Campiti's, I want sausage and pepperoni. Yeah, well, their sausage is so good. I like, so good. like, Aiello's, Minio's, Fiori's, they all do the same thing where they cook the toppings under the cheese, which to me is is everything. Really? Yeah. Because I don't want that stuff getting loose. I don't want it to be an avalanche of, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan toppings of too. every bite. When Keep you say meat can ruin the pizza, do you mean it depends on the meat? Or? Depends on the pizza. Also depends on the meat. Because sometimes some people use the like they, if, on a pizza. cheap cheap pepperoni will ruin a pizza. That like really greasy orange really? stuff that doesn't curl up because it's like just a bad processed pepperoni. I'm telling you, that's why you some. Paying for the high-quality pepperoni makes a big difference. Seafood pizza is pretty good. I like uh, pizza, a, a badamo. Pizza badamo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, Antony. And uh, Napoli's in Squirrel Hill has the perfect little pepperonis that curl up like little bowls. And then the pool of a Pizza badamo just opened a place in the north side. Did they really? Yep. Yeah, that place is good. Slice, Slice has meatballs for the pizza, which I always Slice get. is don't, delicious. Don't you find when the pepperonis curl up, it just becomes a receptacle for the grease? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's, so all, that's okay. Which I like. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Nice, Keeps yeah. it off the cheese. Do you not like that? No, I like I like what you said before about when it's underneath and you just eat a big hunk of stuff and you're not even sure what's in it. And it... The problem is when it's underneath, that's when you like, you'll take that bite where the cheese on top of it will like 
flake off and then flap you in the chin with <laughs> like lava like oh intensity. My god. My cousin Laura had this huge burn on her chin and we're like, "What happened?" She was like, I was eating a bubbly in bed. I'm like, you gotta be careful, man. Yeah. You can't eat a piping hot bubbly on your back. Oh no, yeah. Four percent of women would rather eat pizza than have a boyfriend. <laughs> Four. So, like, so if you show up at her house with a pizza, well, that you might, got a shot. might get you in the door, right? I mean, I consider it, that a threesome. If there's only four percent of people who believe something, is it worth repeating? Yes. <laughs> You're just trying. This is Val's just cramming like, that in there. Nine dummies believe this. <laughs> so enjoy uh, <laughs> National Pizza Day today. Uh, yeah, I the, will. Because it's going to be Lent pretty soon. That's right. Yeah. Well, you can still eat pizza on, during Lent. It just has to be cheese and veggies. I know, but as we just uh, heard, unless you give it up. Yeah. Is this Fat Tuesday? Tuesday. No. Well, this coming Tuesday is. Yeah. 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 Mardi Gras weekend. Every Tuesday is Friday, Friday, Friday for right? Me. Yeah, I mean, this coming this Tuesday is okay. Fat Tuesday. It's been a number of years since I've been down in New Orleans for, for Mardi Gras, and I did a bunch of them, and man, <laughs> if you can ever do that, it is the, I mean, this is the greatest party weekend. This, the whole carnival, everything around it is so crazy. I know Pittsburgh has some celebrations going on, but mostly Fat Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then Ash Wednesday happens, and no meat on Fridays. Yeah, fish fries. Fish fries are going to be back. Is there a fish fry app? Is there an official fish? Fr- I think there is. Yeah. That site, The Incline, is doing a fish fry tournament, which just doubles as here's 64 places you oh, could okay. go to. So Beautiful. They're not hard to find if you don't have the app. You drive around and look for a yard <laughs> yeah. sign. Yeah. yeah. Stick your nose out the window and drive by a church. Former Black Crows guitarist Rich Robinson has plenty of uh, not-so-nice things to say about his brother Chris in a new Rolling Stone interview, but his rant also had a surprise ending. He said he wishes Chris well and ultimately that he loves him. He also calls Chris incredibly talented and a great singer, but some of the things that uh, irritate Rich about his brother and former bandmate, he talked about Chris trying to put the Black Crows uh, or Black Crows drummer and co-founder Steve Gorman on a salary. Yeah, that's our buddy Steve who's been on the show a bunch. A move that led to the band's final breakup. He said, quote, he pretends to be this peace-loving hippie that doesn't care about money while trying to take everybody's money. That is that's such a great quote. The fact that he went after Rich for being in a, what he called a Black Crows cover band and then essentially launched his own. Yes. Yeah. About that, he said, he has a tendency to run his mouth and actions speak louder than words. So now he's in a Black Crows tribute band. <laughs> On Chris downplaying Rich's role in the band's songwriting, he said, for a long time he's tried to diminish what I've done. Chris wrote the lyrics uh, and I wrote all the music and arranged the songs. He's kind of hinted that that wasn't the case. And him saying I'm in a Black Crows tribute band is him trying to diminish the fact that those are my songs and I'm out there playing my songs with the guys that actually played on those records. And of the possibility of an eventual Black Crows reunion, uh, he said, I kind of feel like it's the kinks uh, in the kinks realm where it's just done. I'm really happy not to play with him. I don't think it's healthy for anyone to be around that. If he's truly happy playing CRB, which is the Chris Robinson Brotherhood, uh, it's silly to play Black Crows song until he's ready to do it. Then it's great. So be it. We... uh, We've had Steve Gorman on the show. And And Rich. Yeah. Um, Steve's doing sports talk radio in Nashville now for Fox Sports Radio. He is co-writing a book about the Black Crows. Mm. And it's going to be 
No holds barred. I don't know if there'll be a reunion after this book comes out. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in talking or, or, to Steve, you know, uh, it doesn't sound like he was ever in a place where he thought it was going to happen anyways. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a shame. That is, I still think, one of the more underrated American rock bands and there, there are only a few that like had as much longevity in that vein mm-hmm. as the Black Crows, and they kept rotating guitar players, which was a really effective thing for the band. I thought I loved seeing everybody that Jackie Green and Luther Dickinson, oddly free. I mean, Mark Stone, those guys. They had so many great players. Mark Ford, I'm sorry. They had so many great players playing with Rich, and it made the band just really dynamic and they had great songs and i hate that they they don't like each other drives me crazy what somebody's dinging (laughs) (laughs) i think that was uh, my chairs hitting the the keyboard over here. no it sounded like a computer like a like you're at the end of the line or something oh Uh, it was basically it was probably yeah it was that was our you've talked about the black crows enough monitor (laughs) uh do i need to be done here (laughs) i don't care all right. Uh, Nicole Eggert, not the only Charles in Charge star accusing Scott Bayo of bad behavior. Alexander Polinsky, who played her little brother Adam, says the actor physically abused him on the set of the 80s sitcom. He also confirms Bayo abused Eggert when she was underage. While Eggert appeared on the talk Thursday, host Sarah Gilbert read an emotional statement from Polinsky. The letter said, quote, working on the set of Charles in Charge from age 11 to 15 was no picnic. It was a toxic environment. I witnessed Scott Bayo acting inappropriately towards Nicole Eggert during my first year of working on the show. I walked in on them together behind the set. Nicole was on Scott's lap, and he did not appreciate my intrusion. He yelled at me and called me various homophobic slurs. Growing up on the show, I received regular verbal attacks, mental abuse, and also suffered a physical assault at the hands of Scott Bayo. end quote. Polinsky also went with Eggert when she filed her police report against Bayo earlier this week. Uh, I mean, I, who... I don't know how all this is going to play out, but I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, she has filed the report. So uh, and Jill Messick, a producer who was once Rose McGowan's manager, died Wednesday in an apparent suicide. Her family said the 50 year old who suffered from depression and was bipolar couldn't handle being implicated in the Harvey Weinstein scandal, saying, quote, seeing her name in headlines again and again as part of one person's attempt to gain more attention for her personal cause, along with Harvey's desperate attempt to vindicate himself was devastating for her. It broke Jill, who was just starting to get her life back on track, end quote. That's out of page six. And Weinstein may be facing charges in L.A. The LAPD has forwarded three cases of sex crimes involving Weinstein to the L.A. County District Attorney's Office. Those uh, cases were submitted earlier this week, and now it's up to the D.A. to file charges or decline to prosecute. Expect a little bit of snow today, but the high going to be 40, so a uh, nice change. It's 22 at DVE. All right, Mike's got your sports coming up here in a moment. Uh, also, we're going to have Sean Collier telling you about 50 Shades of Freed. 50 Shades Freed. Oh, not of Freed. Just the title Freed. refers to the fact that I am now free of having to watch anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Almost Valentine's Day, Mikey P. That it is. And, Randy, you know, I never used to look forward to Valentine's Day. There were always too many questions. What do you get? Where do you get it? Is she going to like it? How does it get there? Can I afford it? There were never enough answers, but not anymore. My wife never used to look forward to Valentine's Day either. She'd always approach it with more trepidation and anticipation because she was always afraid I'd get her something slutty instead of something loving, something that really conveyed the spirit of the moment. But 
That doesn't happen anymore either. My <laughs> wife loves receiving roses from Pro Flowers as much as I love sending them. Pro Flowers never disappoints. Whether you go with the classic red roses or something new from Pro Flowers, assortment of unique bouquets and plants, you just don't have to overthink it anymore. Pro Flowers has you covered. Your Pro Flowers arrangement is guaranteed to arrive fresh and to stay fresh for seven days. You can also guarantee your delivery date. Right now, my listeners can save an additional 20% on any purchase of $29 or more by using my code MikeP. Valentine's Day is next week, so don't delay order today. And don't forget, you're 20% off on a purchase of $29 or more. Go to proflowers.com and use the MikeP code in the special boxes at checkout. Think inside the box this Valentine's Day. Order today from proflowers.com. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Got to start with the Eagles parade one more time. Got to. Because <laughs> I guess in retrospect, are we at all surprised of the tenor and tone of Senator Jason Kelsey's remarks to the Philadelphia faithful and to the world no. who doubted the Philadelphia Eagles, your Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles? No one wanted us. No one liked to see and nobody likes our fans. You know what I got to say to all those people that doubted us, to all those people that counted us out, and to everybody who said that we couldn't get it done? What my man Jay and John just said. (laughs) (laughs) Was that taken from a Royal Rumble? So to recap, in the the great speeches of history, there's uh, ask not what your country can do for you, there's uh, four score and seven years ago, <laughs> and there's, you don't like us? F you! Now, see, it wasn't from the Royal Rumble, because in the WWE, they don't swear, because there might be children watching. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so appropriate. It's so Philadelphia. Oh there was God. an alarming lack of excrement eating on the parade trail yesterday. Yeah. Where, where was it? I was kind of expecting to see more of that. There try were st- some fist fights, though. trying to stay hungry for the repeat. He, um, yeah. He... Yeah, their that, belly's full. That Mummer outfit he's wearing, which yeah. is like the Philadelphia Mardi Gras. Yeah, that was by the, that dates back to 1901. The Mummers Parade. Uh, a guy named Bobby Coyle was practicing with the Avalon String Band, which I'm assuming is one of the marching contingents of that Mummers Parade. He got a call. Do you happen to have a Mummer suit for someone who's six foot three <laughs> inches tall and weighs 300 pounds? Jason Kelsey wants to wear one to the parade on Thursday. How hilarious is this? So they they went down and fitted him with the Mummers wow. outfit there before the parade. There's pictures <laughs> of him in the Philly uh, Inquirer today in Philly.com. Oh, my God. You, you can see the whole process of him being dressed. Um, they had a, a, a outfit from 2008 where they had a former football player who was a part of the brigade, and they didn't throw it out. So they went back wow. nine years into the uh, costume. No, don't throw that out. We might need yeah, it someday. Yeah, we might have a yeah, might have a big oaf who wants to join us one day. Uh, and uh, apparently, they're expecting him uh, to be a regular part of that Mummer community now. Fantastic. Doing the Mummer Why wouldn't he? Honorable mention to Chris Long, who had a f- full-length fur coat on and an Allen Iverson basketball jersey. And as you mentioned earlier, Randy, there were uh, anti Sidney Crosby signs in the crowd. Yeah, so we're done. I think we're in their head. They accomplished what they had to. They did their dirty the work. The enemy for us of the enemy. The, uh, they're was not our the friend. enemy again. They're the enemy again. <laughs>
I actually just laughed when I saw that sign. I was like, oh, my God, we're in it their It is head. kind of pathetic. Yeah, we are so in their Crosby head. Crosby is permanently in their head. They couldn't enjoy their Super Bowl parade without connecting it to the futility of the Flyers. I think they would tell you they're connecting it to their hatred of Sidney Crosby. No, futility of the Flyers. Remember when they told us Claude Giroux was going to be the best player in the league? <laughs> F you! Uh, oh, yeah. F Giroux! Uh, I was just in Philly for the Royal Rumble a week and a half ago, and they were chanting about Sid. They were chanting Crosby sucks there. It's like this really? isn't this isn't even an actual sport. If you go see Death of a Salesman, are they chanting Crosby sucks there? Oh yeah, when I when I think they I, wrote it in. Right. Willie Loman has a soliloquy. When I was in college in Boston, mm-hmm. the Yankees were so firmly in Boston's head that my buddy came back from a Dave Matthews concert and said that there was a Yankees suck chant. Like that. Under the table and dreaming. Nah, Yankees suck. Satellite. I love the hate. <laughs> Screw the Yankees. Penguins are in uh, Dallas tonight and St. Louis on Sunday afternoon. It's their annual dad's trip. And that might turn out to be pretty special for one Zach Aston Reese, who has been recalled from HL Wilkes-Barre Scranton and has played two games with the Pens. You might recall this is the college free agent they signed out of Northeastern. He grew up on Staten Island, but his dad is from Crafton. Oh, cool. And his dad's a Penguins fan, always has been, and he might actually get to join the Penguins' dads on the Penguins' dad's trip watching his son play for the Penguins. Here's Zach Aston Reese. He has work uh, Friday, but he, he might be able to meet us in Dallas or St. Louis. Yeah, I'd be pretty excited for him. I know he's been a Penguins fan since I think they joined the league. Um, so I think that'd be pretty special for him. When they signed that kid, he talked about how his dad used to dress him up in a Yager jersey when he was a little kid. And, and how upset he was when the Penguins traded Alexi Kovalev. Wow. <laughs> That's how you know you're a fan. Wow. His dad's been a fan, I think, pretty much since they had a team. And they had a bobblehead for Kovalev, uh, bobblehead night after they traded after him. After they traded him, yeah. That is, uh, that's some cool stuff. Uh, oh, yeah, that's great. Hope he gets to take in as much of that as he possibly can. But he's got work. You know, he's a crafting guy, right? He's got, got to work. I love that about hockey. They have a dad's trip. Yeah, they got a great uh, weekend, too. I mean, Dallas, St. Louis. Two great places to go because Dallas is so historic. And then St. Louis is just fun. And they'll spend the majority of the time in St. Louis. There's a lot of places to eat and drink in St. Louis. I think they were in Dallas last night. and Yeah, game tonight, and then they'll be in St. Louis. St. Louis tomorrow. And then 11 a.m. game, uh, noontime, St. Louis time, I guess. Is that right? No, I think you got it the other way around. 11 a.m. St. Louis, noontime yeah. here. Yeah, that didn't make sense. Um, so can't hit it too hard, I guess, Saturday in St. Louis. Well. Let's start early. If you're not playing. Well, if you're a dad, yeah. Yeah, all the dads are healthy scratches. <laughs> They're going to do their own mummer parade. <laughs> it's a dadder parade. Steelers have a couple new coaches. <laughs> mummer and dadder. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, see mummer. what you did there. Johnstown native Tom Bradley is the Steelers' new defensive backs coach, replacing Carnell Lake. Carl Dunbar is the new defensive line coach, replacing John Mitchell. John Mitchell maintains his status as assistant head coach, and he's going to have a bunch of different responsibilities now as he remains with the Steelers, but he's no longer coaching the D-line. Boy, I hope he tries to keep as involved as he can in coaching the D-line because uh, what a relentless uh, – taskmaster in terms of technique and preparation yeah. 
uh, John Mitchell has been uh, always the most underrated and underappreciated Steelers assistant coach. I think in large part because he just didn't ever seek the spotlight. We're going to talk a little bit more about that with Jerry Dulac from the Post-Gazette when we come back. It's the DVE Morning Show, and joining us right now to talk about the Steelers' new coaching hires is uh, the Post-Gazette's Jerry Dulac. Jerry D., good morning. How are you? Good morning, boys. Good morning, Sean. I hear he's in the studio with he's you. He's here. He is here. Son of Gene. Morning, Hi, Jerry. Jerry. How's it going? Yeah. Val I, Porter's I, here, too. I, Val, I, well, you know, I, I'm, Val's dear and near to my heart, of course. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so, uh, well, Tommy Bradley, near and dear to uh, uh, quite a few Pittsburghers, uh, a favorite son, has returned and uh, switching from the college to the pro ranks. Let's start there with the uh, Tom Bradley hire. Um, you know, I was saying earlier, one of his strengths as a college coach was his recruiting ability. He really was able to dominate Western Pennsylvania, uh, Western Pennsylvania, um, and he made you know great connections with young athletes and uh, was able to sort of convince them of his ability to get them what they wanted in the college ranks. Uh, and then, of course. Great defensive coach at Penn State for many, many years. Went to UCLA. His bona fides in the college ranks need no uh, affirmation. However, uh, the the jump to pro, what's the difference here for Tom Bradley and the challenge at hand? Well, uh, uh, first of all, uh, Randall, I couldn't be more thrilled for him. Um, you know, he's a good dude. He and I have talked about this several times. I've told him that, you know, after going through the college ranks, that what where he belongs is as a assistant coach in the NFL because of um, his understanding not only of defenses but offenses and and while there is no more recruiting in um, you know NFL you know free agency to some extent but you know what I mean what he brings is is um, is uh, just kind of what I touched on I I think the, the the most significant thing I think there's three things Tom is a fundamentalist. He's also, I mean, we talk about this all the time when he watches film, when he watches the Steelers and other NFL teams. He's shocked at how poor the tackling is. Um, and so he's always been a stickler for that. Those are two things that the Steelers are well aware of and, and they want to stress, um, you know, into next year, that that was part of the problem all year, the tackling. Fundamental mistakes against Jacksonville is what hurt them. So, I, you know, I think they're they're looking out not only for that, but when they hire coaches, um, you know, not not that it's any more specific now, but I think they, you know, that's what impressed uh, them about him. And the third thing I will say, and I don't know that this was this was what uh, you know this was the cherry on the top, but in today's NFL, and it's not that it's being dominated by um, the read option quarterbacks, because if anything, it's going the other way. But there are still several including what we saw uh, uh, from the Philadelphia Eagles. In the college game, the defenses are, are different from the NFL game because you don't have to, in the college game, you have to worry about that quarterback, for the most part, and assign a man to him. In the NFL, you don't. And that's what causes NFL defenses to have problems. They're not accustomed to that. That's what happened. You know, Jim Moore was the head coach at UCLA. He's an NFL defensive guy. He had, He was shocked i maybe that's a strong word but surprise surprise excuse me at how difficult it was to account for that quarterback in a college game tom is well aware of that so he will he will bring that as well i just think it's a it's great for him and it's a great hire for the steelers 
Uh, well, no question. And his brother, of course, uh, on staff has the right, uh, right. the team doctor for many, many years. So that works out uh, as well. Uh, the defensive line, how does what's happening there sort of like what what's going to change? Because Mike seems to think that uh, it's not necessarily a good thing to have Mitch stepping down from his duties. Well, uh, I, I, I don't know in what form he means. If he means, uh, is Mike in the studio there? Yeah, yeah I'm here. Oh, do you mean because they're losing him at, at that position, Mike? Well, I just, I mean, I'm reading their press release. Uh, you know, Mitchell will oversee staff development among the coaching staff, work with current and former players in career development, and assist Mike Tomlin in community-related events. I think John Mitchell's best... Uh, attribute is his ability to get in their face and tell them to run to the ball. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I hear for, I hear you there, Mike, and I don't disagree with you. Uh, but that's what this is about. Um, you know, they're still going to retain that title of assistant head coach. Uh, but what I was told was that it, they want to lighten his load on the field. And so to me, this, this quote, administrative position sounds very similar to what they offered Dick LeBeau a couple years ago when Dick LeBeau said no because Dick LeBeau wanted to be on the field, quote, in the guy's face, not like John Mitchell, of course, but you know what I mean. And so Dick didn't want to do that. You know, John Mitchell was, uh, from best that we could gather, was getting close to another year or so that maybe he was going to retire. So maybe this is just a a, a one-year stepping stone, maybe two, who knows, uh, to that process. But but that's what this is all about. But I hear you, Mike, because that's the type of coach uh, John Mitchell was. And so maybe um, at the very least this was viewed as a transition to a new guy. But um, I, I suspect there, you're going to see less of John Mitchell on the field, uh, you know, as opposed to more or, or as usual that people might think just because he has the title of assistant head coach. Yeah, so temporarily at least it looks like they got worse at D-line coach. Well, that could well be. I can't speak to Carl Dunbar's, uh, uh, you know, his uh, resume, but uh, we shall see. John Mitchell uh, is a good coach, but I think it's, you know, Mike, it's probably just part of the process. And maybe yeah, and we're going to get a good one. bull bid, though. I mean, we got Bradley <laughs> and Dunbar. <laughs> yeah, uh, playing I, for I the championship. Uh, you know, Mike, and it could be something that Mitch wants. I don't know. I know in Dick LeBeau's case, it was something he didn't want, um, yeah. and so that that led to his departure. And that was part of his, uh, and bitterness might be a strong word, but his discontent with what was happening. And so maybe Mitch is all on board with it. I, you know, I, that part I don't know. And how much of this do you suppose or do you know is, is related to just getting some different voices in that defensive room because uh, of the regression that was apparent this year? Well, you know, Mike, I, 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 you know, I, I kind of I, I hear it all the time, you know, whether in, in chats, uh, you know, on, on Twitter or emails that I get, and people were so down on the defense. And all I do is remind them that, you know, as bad as you think they were, they finished fifth in the league. So that means that there were 27 other teams who statistically were worse than them. When you look at the postseason, the top four defenses in the league in the postseason were abysmal. Philadelphia, Minnesota, Jacksonville was okay against New England, but look at the yards they gave up to the Steelers. So, so you sit there and you go, wow, that Steeler defense is bad. Every one of them got torched worse than the Steelers did uh, in the postseason. But to your question, um, you know, I don't know that this was something the Steelers had in mind. I, I can't sit here and tell you that uh, Cornell Lake was, was forced out. I don't know that. I don't think that was the case with Mitch. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. So, you know, at the end of the season, Mike Tomlin told his defensive coaches they're all going to be retained. 
So he said that. And I did not get any feeling that, that any of this was, quote, ordered by uh, Art Rooney because nothing nothing was going to change. I don't know that for a fact either. Yeah, when did Lake uh, announce his resignation? Tuesday? The, no, uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. The day earlier. And they got right. a new guy in place on Thursday. Well, Mike, they had already begun the interview process at that point because they had brought in um, uh, this kid, Blue Adams, from uh, South Florida, who Mike Tomlin coached at Cincinnati. He's a defensive backs coach there. They brought him in, and Tom Bradley was in there on Wednesday. Uh, yes, Wednesday, interviewing as well, and he was back there yesterday before they announced uh, his hiring. So, so this is something yeah, that Carnell was either pondering since the season correct. ended, or he was, just or he was right. encouraged. Yeah, and, and and or the announcement he was pondering, and that once a decision was made, maybe the decision was made a week ago, and they were just going to wait on the announcement. Uh, yeah, that that timeline I don't know, and. So, you know, it might be easy to kind of interpret in a number of different ways. <laughs> That's why I just don't know. I don't know it specifically to say, so I'm not going to. Jared, do you like it? The Post-Gazette. Jared, thanks for your time as always, man. Appreciate it. All Have right, a great boys. weekend. Yeah. Thanks. Always good chatting with you. Right, and we'll see you. Val's up next. What do you got, Val? We're going to talk about uh, how Spirit Airlines made a woman flush her <laughs> therapy hamster down the toilet. Oh, <laughs> no. 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 Oh, my God, that's so traumatizing. Sean Collier's movie reviews. Chet Vincent performing live. This new album is so damn good. Can't wait to hear it. All right, it's coming up. DVE. We're loving. It's 22 <laughs> degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The latest mini casino license up for grabs here in Pennsylvania is going to the owner of Mount Airy Casino in the Poconos for a proposed spot in Lawrence County. Company submitted a winning bid of nearly $22 million for the planned casino near the Ohio border. Previous licenses were awarded for casinos in Westmoreland and York counties. Well, fresh from leaving the White House where she served in the Trump administration, Omarosa is back to work on reality television, and I'm not sure how much I believe this is legit. What do you mean? Like, I... She's a she's a reality TV star, so she knows how to garner attention and get ratings. And, right, that's so her thing. I'm not sure if she believes what she's saying. Oh I no, she can't be trusted. The former Prentice star made her first appearance on CBS's Big Brother Celebrity Edition on Wednesday night, competing against others for the big prize money. Uh, Ross Matthews is one of the other celebrities. Ross, the intern from the Tonight Show, from. Ten years ago? Yes. Uh, here he is talking to, or I should say whispering to, her about her time in the White House and uh, what that was like. I never got it. Why you went to the, the White House with him? I felt like it was like a call to duty. I felt like I was serving my country, not serving him. <laughs> Whenever was it that accepting sense. a political appointment? It was always about the country. I was haunted by tweets every single day. Like, what is he going to tweet next? Does anybody say to him, what are you doing? I mean, I tried to be that person, and then all of the people around him attacked me. It was like, keep her away. Don't give her access. Don't let her talk to him. And it's like, and Baca's there, Jared's there. And it's... Who, who has that power to say what's going on? No. I'm not there. I don't. I, it's not my. It's not my circus. Not my monkeys. You know. I'd like to say not my problem, but I can't say that because like, it's bad. Oh, 
she's such an oh, a-hole. Oh, my God. How about raising a red flag while you're in the White House instead of waiting until you're with Ross the intern? <laughs> How about well, not whispering to Meta did. World Peace about she, what a mess things are? She claims she tried to, but everybody shut her down. Uh, no, he, she did it. Here he is talking to Omarosa, comparing celebrity Big Brother with the White House. I am in here doing investigative journalism for you all. I'm making headlines for you all. Can I get a little hat that says press on it? Does it feel similar? Or did you figure out that the White House wasn't going to be what you thought? This is 100% worse. Why? Because it wasn't a game show. I like see the pain when people talk to me about it. Oh my God. About how afraid they are. Like even Keisha last night. For her to say that it she thought I was a part of that. This is not something that I feel good about. Because <laughs> that's not something I was trying to do. Oh, honey. Come here. It's not to be tough. <laughs> that wasn't me. No, but you know what, Ross? I made choices. I just have to live with them. I hope Elon Musk shoots her into space. Like, look. I understand where you're coming from, but Sugar Ray is never going to accept you. <laughs> you just have to know that going into it. My what? favorite was the White House response to this, by who said basically, look, Omarosa was fired three times from The Apprentice and one time from the White House. She hardly has credibility. <laughs> and they thought that made them look good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a we, fan. She was fired three times from The Apprentice and we gave her full access to the West Wing <laughs> and in office and relied on her. Oh my God, we're morons. This is making us look bad, isn't it? <laughs> it just, I'm not a fan of hers, but just on a human level, I'm glad that she's moved to a more stable and supportive environment. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the, the set of Big Brother. Like Big Brother house. Oh, Airline policies regarding emotional support pets have been in the news a lot lately, and this one is leaving animal rights activists, and I would say probably the average person who isn't even an animal rights activist, uh, upset. A college student claims a Spirit Airlines employee would not allow her to board a flight with her emotional support hamster and then forced her to flush it down the toilet. <laughs> that's a step. Yeah, that's a step far. Wow. Bella and Alda Costa says she contacted the airline ahead of time to ask if she would be allowed to bring the hamster on board and was told it would be fine. When she arrived at the airport, though, an employee told her the animal could not come on board, even though she had all the necessary paperwork. The employee booked her on a later flight to give her time to make other arrangements for the animal. But Alda Costa said she had no local friends to take care of it. And that's when she claims the employee said, you have two choices. Let it loose outside or flush it down the toilet. Alda Costa said she was distraught and didn't want to release it into the freezing cold, so she ultimately decided to flush the animal down the toilet. I don't want to kill it in the cold. I'll put it in a septic tank. <laughs> Spirit admits oh, an employee was man. wrong to tell her she could not. Uh, she could initially bring the hamster on board, but denies forcing her to flush it down the toilet. Meanwhile, Alda Costa's lawyer says she is distraught, and PETA is now involved and says the airline should be held accountable. How but the hell is your emotional state so fragile that a hamster is going to bring you some sort of relief fragile enough that if after you flush it you should be on suicide watch i don't know what the big i mean they allow people to bring small dogs on board uh, what, what's the difference if she had it in a yeah. carrier 
Uh, first of all, she should have just shut up and put it in her pocket. Second of all, the fact that they made her flush it is hilariously like uh, who thought That's that that so was not going to become a story? Spirit Airlines was like, you know what? I don't think we're getting enough bad reviews. Let's up the ante here, guys. Hamster flushers. I mean, my God. I think the lesson here is that your support animal has to be a not flushable. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, That'd it's got to be, be bigger than something you could flush. Must be this big to bring you emotional support. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, look, you know, I, I'm not one of those people who jumps on the, uh, you know, the 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 wimping down of society bandwagon because I think that there are a lot of things that are happening in the mental health field that are very necessary and good. This, however, is ridiculous. This is a little over uh, the top. A support hamster? A support hamster? No, it's it, the people want to take their pets. Uh, and get around the yes. So you call it. A, uh, this happened to a friend of mine. Similar happened to a friend of mine years ago. Before there were such, you know. Oh, it's my emotional support. She just had a pet fish that she wanted to take home over the break. And same thing. She called ahead. They said it's fine at the gate. They said no, we can't do it. So they 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 faked flushing it. Like they went into the bathroom, clandestinely stuck the fish bag in like a bagel bag. And then went on, and she's just sitting there holding this like bag from a bagel place. So they think they're in the clear, except the guy sitting next to her nearly blew up her spot because it was this dude who kept saying, so what, are you not going to eat that bagel? She's just sitting there grabbing the thing <laughs> because the fish, uh. and she's like, listen, I, I'm, I miss dinner. If you're not going to eat your bagel, can I have your bagel? And she's like, nope, nope, nope. Stop asking about the bagel. Not a bagel. What would the air pressure Looks do? Like bagel and locks. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know. It's it's just silly. Imagine a, a hamster calming you down. <sighs> well, they are soft, but still. <laughs> By the way, I put out a feeler because you know. What would what? you do if you had a hamster and you had to do one of the two things? I'd let it outside. It's got a shot. It's got it's got a. I sh- don't know. If I was flying Tell- Spirit Airlines, I'd probably just walk out of the plane and go home. I'm like this flight was gonna suck anyways. Yeah. I can't bring my hamster. Cost seven dollars. I'll make it work. I put out a feeler because I'm flying out to L.A. I just wanted to know because I was like, wow, this this is so cheap to fly out. Uh, it's a direct flight Spirit. from Pittsburgh to L.A. And I just put out a feeler, and people came back and were like, dude, it's the worst. Yeah. Is that the total no frills one? Yes. the 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 seats don't recline. You are charged for carry-ons each way, fifty bucks. You have to get your own. You have to pay for your own water and coffee. Dude, the whole thing. Just, I mean, everything is a la carte. A ticket. No, everything is a la carte. I know, but is isn't the deal that the ticket prices are lower, or are they the same? But it's attractive to people who are willing to smuggle their hamsters and (laughs) smuggle a a water on board. You know. Uh, Anyways, we gotta we gotta move on. I think you have to push the plane on the tarmac. Move on as in done. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Forecast Wait, snow. do you have one more? 40, for, you, uh, nah, I got a ton more, so it, we'll just skip it. Uh, snow, 40 today. It is 22 at DVE. Uh, Sean Collier, the yes. new Fifty Shades movie is out this weekend. We finally arrived at the conclusion, the final installment in the Fifty Shades trilogy. 
and thus, the last moment that anyone ever has to think about this franchise. Ten years from now, someone will say, hey, remember when dreadfully written Twilight fan fiction became a softcore porn series about a BDSM billionaire and <laughs> suburban moms bought the books in line at Target? And you'll answer, no. No, I don't remember that, and we'll all be better off for it. The concluding <laughs> chapter, uh, Fifty Shades Freed, is mostly about how they're married now, I guess? Christian Grey and Anastasia Steele, two names that sound like someone asked Alexa to come up with characters in a high school musical, got married, and now... Now they're married. That's about it. This is like they're turning pro. This is that. Yeah, it, this movie is like sixty percent domestic rom com, twenty percent half assed kidnapping thriller, nine percent porno, and one percent ad for Audi. And the Audi parts <laughs> are actually the most competent. I enjoyed the entire shot that's just in the movie to demonstrate that it's easy to parallel park an Audi. How well do the cars handle? Please show me, because watching a car park is quite literally more erotic than watching these two disinterested ice people have sex. As always, Are they having sex while it parks itself? No, shortly thereafter. Every okay. 12 minutes, give or take. The, the, and the crime of this series, the sex is not hot. It's just not. They don't have the gumption to actually be a porn series. So we get these kind of extended cut versions of every Hollywood sex scene ever with like a third more butt crack than usual. That's it. <laughs> As always, if you want porn, watch porn. It's not hard to find. <laughs> Thanks to the miracle of Wi-Fi, it's actually soaring all around us through the air at all times. Just get some of that. Dakota Johnson is still a fairly good actress who deserves better. Jamie Dornan is still a pile of overly starched khakis masquerading as a man. <laughs> it's it's not good. It's The best thing I can say about it is it's probably the best of the three in that this one doesn't do as much, so there's less that it can screw up. You can't fail if you don't try, and that's Fifty Shades Freed. Uh just briefly, because I, I did not see the film, but I should note that Clint Eastwood's uh, 1517 to Paris is out today. This, I guess, speaking of trilogies, this is the end of his America F. Yeah trilogy. Yeah. After American Sniper in 2014 and Sully in 2016. This is about uh, when that guy opened fire on a train in Paris and some off-duty soldiers tackled him. Uh, the off-duty soldiers are in the movie playing themselves. He cast oh, wow. the actual, because, you know, the only reason that Tom Hanks played Sully is because the actual Sully wasn't available. No, one, Sully's always available. He's never doing anything. <laughs> and two, that's why acting is a thing, because normal people can't do that. Go I'm trying see. to remember, this is like out of Inglorious Bastards. What was the who played themselves in Inglorious Bastards? The one Bastards? guy in Inglorious Bat. It's not that he played himself. It's that the um, the character was the assassin for the, the for the SS, and mm -hmm. they were and the Riefenstahl was making the movie about him. Remember, and he started himself yes. in the movie, and that's the movie they show at the Paris Theater House. Oh yeah, that uh, that Hitler comes to, and that's the whole climax of uh, the movie Inglorious Bastards. No, I mean, but it like other than that, I'm like other than that, like. Fake Nazi propaganda movie? Yeah. Propaganda movie. I don't remember this ever happening before. I mean, like TV movies, 
did 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 Rocky Blyer play himself in that Rocky Blyer? Jackie Robinson played himself in a Jackie Robinson yeah, story, right? Uh, that sometimes. I mean, I think Tom Hanks will play himself in Tom Hanks's biopic. Maybe, yeah, yeah, probably. probably. I yeah. think that's going to end up happening. Clint has lost it. Uh, and I meant to review this. I went last night, and it wasn't showing. It's the only thing in years that they're like, "No, we're not going to open on Thursday night before Friday." So I don't know if I don't know. It's what weird. Going like for. he's become. Uh, and the movie might be great. I don't know. And yeah. this is nothing to speak of the heroism of those guys. No, of which course is not. Certainly unimpeachable. Un- 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 yeah. you know, but uh, <laughs> like when he used the the fake baby in the scene <laughs> in American oh Sniper, God, that was the greatest. Is he just the, like the laziest old man? Like I don't have time to wait for anything. Just put a fake baby in there. I'll just talk to an empty chair. Don't actually put anybody in it. Yeah, uh, he just waits for something heroic and American to happen, and then names the movie the fifteen seventeen to Paris. You use the word Paris and twenty four hour time in your patriotic movie. That's a, that's an error. That's a miscalculation. <laughs> well, you know. That's it for this weekend. I, unless did anyone watch the surprise Cloverfield movie after the I Super didn't. Bowl? It was good. Good. Um, it. This is the where, only way. Where it did it gotten. air? It's on Netflix. Netflix. It and that movie was did not have a release date, and it started to sound like it maybe wasn't going to come out, and that was a swerve by Netflix to reveal they had bought it and it, and they surprise dropped it after the Super Bowl. It was good. I liked it more than a lot of people would because I'm I'm kind of a, a sucker for weird sci-fi, but that's the only way it would have gotten any attention. You know, uh, no one would have cared at all. And and it's yet another one where it was just some other movie that they made into a Cloverfield movie after they bought it. So you can do that with anything at this point. Fifty Shades Mm -hmm. Freed maybe was a Cloverfield movie. (laughs) I have no way of knowing. Gone with the Wind, there was a monster in one scene. You didn't see it. Cloverfield. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm a little disappointed. I thought Fifty Shades Freed was going to be like he finally took the furry handcuffs off and like released her back into the wild. <laughs> and you still don't <laughs> see anybody's junk, just to clarify. They never crossed that threshold. Uh, it's more upsetting Sean Collier than the from, shape of water. Yeah. Sean Collier from Pitt. You're the only person upset about that. I I don't think I'm the only person. By the way, you I can I buy. I find a community online. That want to see the shape of water mo- yeah. monster's penis? Yes. <laughs> I'm sure there's fan fiction in it's it's called a fish stick. If we go to Tumblr, you'll you'll see something in a hurry. You can buy a replica eye here. Yes, you can. There oh, is wow. a uh, there's a uh, shape of water dildo. Finally, available. I mean that's weird. <laughs> it's shape of water inspired. Imaginer. Yeah, yeah. Because like you an, don't see it. An eBay item up for bid. I guess I, they sold out immediately. People are fascinated by the idea of having sex with a river monster. That's that's how desperate some of the housewives are now. They're like, "You know what? I'd do that fish." I'd do them. They were they thought it was so romantic. I mean, and really, I don't know what the fish man did other than He blinked his eyes. He took a beating. Yeah. So you felt bad for it cuz Michael uh um Shannon. Shannon was just torturing him nonstop. He came out of that disgusting water and just, you know, he had, ate her he eggs. Had cute eyes. <laughs> ate her eggs. Yeah. Is that a euphemism? He had those cute eyes. You That's know, like how they the, do it. The clockwork orange torture kind of look. Well, and he had those blue highlights that would show up every now and then. I that still love that movie. I think oh, it's it was great. great. I think love it's so it. good. Um, oh, it's so hot. I want to uh, get <laughs> turning serious momentarily. Oh, no. Um, no, you... Not too serious. Well, Unless no. Unless you're doing something I don't know. Yeah, probably. Okay. Um... Because I haven't 
made mention of it yet, and I erred in not doing it before now. But we lost a, a, a real legend in the Pittsburgh music community this week. Tommy Bellin passed away. Uh, for those of us who knew Tommy, he was just the nicest guy. From his days in Modern Man, B.E. Taylor Group, uh, most recently with No Bad Juju, Red Beach Project, uh, he he was one of the best, if not the best, bass player I've ever seen. Isn't he always a part of Voices Carry? 12 years running. Wow. And he could not have been a nicer guy. Uh, I really enjoyed the time I did get to hang out with him. He brought a real positive attitude to every gig that he was a part of. And, um, boy, I was talking with Rick Wachowski about this the other day. You know, Rick said he was the best bass player he ever played with. And Rick Wachowski has played with he would know. some of the, the greatest uh, people in the country. Um, it was a big loss, and he's a great guy. And I just want to extend our condolences to Tommy's family and uh, wanted to make mention of how much that loss was felt throughout the, the Pittsburgh music community because he, he was a great guy and a monster player. I mean, the stuff that he could pull off on stage. He just let, he was, you know, one of those guys you couldn't stop watching because he was so good. So good. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're going to miss you, Tommy. And uh, rest in peace, buddy. All right, uh, a little bit later on, Mike Pursuta will be uh, coming in here to uh, tell you about the new coaching changes with the Steelers. Uh, also, a look back at the Super Bowl parade yesterday. I want to remind you, the 8th Annual Shear to Beard coming up next Friday, the 16th at Jurgles. Jurgles. Phil Bork's going to get his beard sheared. Also, we're looking forward to that. DVE.com, you can get tickets. Also, Jurgles.com, and it's selling fast, so make sure you join us next Friday night. I'll be the MC once again for the 8th straight year, the 8th Annual Shear to Beard with Brett Kiesel, all the proceeds benefiting Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh Cancer Programs. Chris Jamison from The Voice and Donnie Iris will be performing live next Friday. Brett Kiesel's 8th Annual Shear to Beard, and it's going to be great to see uh, all the Steelers alumni that he enlists for that evening. All right, to the coffee house now. The best local album I've heard in a long time, Chet Vincent, Where the Earth wi uh, Opens Wide, is in uh, full release right now. Is that the way you say it? No, you dropped it. I dropped it, man. You, you did drop it. First of all, congratulations on this. And this was a, a little bit of a departure. This was like Tom Petty doing an album without the Heartbreakers. You did an album without the Big Bend. A little uh, weird. A little, yeah. Did you find a little it a different weird. process for you? Did you write different songs because of it? Or um, did did you just of. want to branch out? I've always, for a long time, I've wanted to do a record with people I've met uh, around the Pittsburgh music scene, specifically at like the open mics. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just been waiting for the right moment, and this batch of songs felt like it was the right group of songs for uh, to try to do that project. Yeah, so I was well, excited about it. Man, did you get an all star band? Oh yeah. So who's all on the recording? First of all, <laughs> on the recording, it's uh, Nathan Zub on guitar, Guy Russo on keys. Guy Russo's piano work on this album is incredible. Awesome. Uh, Jesse Prentice on bass. Uh, Reed Connolly on pedal steel and dobro, and then uh, Trish and Bronio from Molly Alphabet uh, yeah. played a, uh, a bass on one song. Uh, James Hart played organ on one song, and uh, Molly Alphabet's drummer Josh Carter uh, was the drummer for it. Yeah, it, this this album sounds great, and it reminds me of like a CSNY album. It sounds like a Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young era. That's cool. Uh, uh, recording to me, and uh, you know, you always speak truth to power, so there is a political bend to some of these songs. That's true. Yeah, some of them. 
Not uh, all of them. Not all of them. Uh, just a few of them. There, a lot of the songs were written uh, in like the November, December, January period last year. So that was definitely like in the air yeah. at the time. Hard so. to not. Uh, uh, Still can't escape it. Right. Pretty much. But the one thing when you mention all of those players is that I know they're all great singers. Oh, yeah. Was that a decision that factored into you getting them into this project? Uh, I definitely wanted to do try to do something that was harmony heavy, but when everybody said yes to the project, that's kind of when we realized we could kind of really like lean into that. This is that was really fun for me uh, personally to get to try to grow that way. Okay, so what are we gonna hear right now? Uh, we're gonna hear a song called "King of America." Here's Chet Vincent from the new album "Where the Earth Wide It Opens Wide." And by the way, tomorrow Get Hip Records is the record release. What time is that show, by the way? Uh, doors are at 7, and then uh, Zach Kime and then Kayla Skirman will be opening. That'll start at 8, and then we'll go on like around 9. Cool. All right. Here's Chet Vincent, DVE. Look up at our 
All right, Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DBE Morning Show. What's going on? Sports is brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. Uh, more alterations to the Steelers coaching staff in the wake of that 13-3 season and then the subsequent playoff loss to Jacksonville. The Steelers announcing yesterday that Tom Bradley has been summoned to replace Carnell Lake as the DB's coach, and Carl Dunbar will be taking over for John Mitchell as the defensive line coach. Mitchell will remain on staff as the assistant head coach, something he's been since Mike Tomlin's arrival in 2007. Mitchell will now, uh, according to a team press release, oversee staff development among the coaching staff, work with current and former players in career development, and assist coach Mike Tomlin in community-related events. Okay, that's that'll probably help, I guess. Uh, if you're keeping score at home, it's now... Uh, Bradley in for Lake as DB's coach. Dunbar in for Mitchell as D-line coach. Randy Feekner in for Todd Haley as offensive coordinator. And Daryl Drake taking over for Richard Mann as wide receivers coach. I don't know that you can say they are better off or worse off for that matter in any of those positions. Is Mitch going to be like a glorified hall monitor? Just walking down the hall reprimanding everybody? Because if he is, I kind of like that. Yeah, I kind of hope he can be as involved as he can. Uh a roving disciplinarian. He has, he has been an asset, an, an under-publicized asset. Well, if you the, look at the, there's a reason he hung around all these years. He was very good at what he did. Despite the fact that they struggled against Jacksonville in the uh, playoff game that ended the season, defensive line pretty good for the Steelers this year, and usually as good as any position group on the team. Yes, Stephon Tuitt, Cam Hayward have been team leaders. So, making a change there, unless it was something that Mitch wanted to have happen. Which is quite possible. Yeah, he, may, he might want to just lessen his yeah. workload and bring a protege in and try to, like, groom him into the spot. Like, that's very possible. Very. Yes, it is. Because he's how old? Um, He's been here since 1994, and he worked other places prior to coming here. So, I, I don't know his age off the top of my head, but he's not a young man. He was the first African-American to play for the University of Alabama. I believe he was the first African-American captain. Oh, a captain, okay. And that was in the early 70s. Wow. Does he still tell Bear Bryant stories like Tunch yeah. talks about Noel? He got to prod him a little bit, but he loves the Bear. So then the answer to that is no. All those guys. Arians was like that, too. Anybody that came in contact with Bear Bryant, at I least love- in my experience, is a Bear Bryant disciple. My favorite Bruce Arians story that he told me about Bear Bryant, because I asked him one night, <laughs> I was like, come on, man, tell, just give me a good Bear Bryant story. And it was when he coached at Temple. And he lobbied and worked super hard to get Alabama to play Temple. He's like, I'm thinking, this is going to put, I got Bear Bryant, I got that, Alabama is coming here. And they didn't sell it out. Like, <laughs> 18,000 people showed up to see Temple get their ass kicked by Alabama. He's like, ah. Not a compelling Jeez. matchup. Still, though. In terms of the mystery of who's going to win. I, no, I know that, but don't you, you know, yeah. Pitt would sell out games where they were going to get smushed. Bruce used to have <laughs> a picture of Bryant. It's about the size of that. About two feet by three feet, that thing on the wall over there. How big is that? That sounds good. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was two by four? It was a close-up of Bryant's face wearing the, the Hound's famous tooth. Hound's tooth cap. Hat, fedora, whatever you call it. But, uh, yeah, he was a big uh, Bear fan. Hard to argue. 
So he definitely influenced him in the hat, in the hat category. Because Bruce has had some colorful hats over many, the years. Whenever I would watch Bruce on TV wearing that stupid cabbie hat, I think Bear would roll over in his grave a little bit. Because it's not fancy enough. It's not over the top enough. There's a difference between a fedora and a cabbie hat. How many national championships did Bear Bryant have? Five or six. All right. I think Saban tied him, but did it in fewer years. There's a Bear Bryant statue, isn't there? There certainly ought to be. I mean, there's two Saban trophies. Or, they or might have statues. just taken down all the statues in the South. <laughs> there might be none left. Uh, where, where, where? It's just a bunch of empty where, stands. Where, where, where? What do I care about? <laughs> it's the South. They can do whatever they, they can like. do whatever they always do. <laughs> I don't live there. No. <laughs> I used to live in Philadelphia. How'd that go? Where they had a parade yesterday. Yeah. And if you were living in Philadelphia yesterday and you were watching Channel 6, which is one of the prominent local stations, <laughs> and you were watching Channel 6's coverage of the parade, this is well before the Jason Kelsey speech. Apparently he was singing his little song along, All the, way down along the parade, the parade route with <laughs> yeah. the fans. Yeah. And if you were watching Channel 6, it maybe had your little uh, son at your side. Oh, look, <laughs> little Johnny. Here's your hero, the Philadelphia Eagle, celebrating the Super Bowl. Sounded something like this. Now, it sounded something like that. It didn't have the bleeps in it. That was live. I put the bleeps in for our purposes. That part at the end where it went dead is where they finally, somebody was finally paying attention. Enough to I say, mean, get this clown off of live TV. Put the screensaver on. Assume some of that was going to come through. There were F bombs in all their glory. Thanks to uh, Jason Kelsey. And you know what? He doesn't care. So, is there going to be. He an- was in rare form yesterday. <laughs> to get to uh, further the statue talk. I watched Rocky Three yesterday, and there's that scene where they unveil the Rocky statue. How did they not get Stallone at this thing, by the way? I, uh, un- unbelievable. How was he not the first guy? Yo, Philly, we did it. Yeah. Well, are they going to put up a Nick Foles statue? Probably. Big. Big Nick. bleep Nick. Yeah. Yep. Did you see that sign? Yes, yeah, yeah. great. Listen, wherever <laughs> Foles even, goes in his career. I don't even know career. how I could describe that, but there was a banner on a house that... I would say that he Foles just moved that. to number two on the list other than Rocky. F- Philly icons just immediately. Yeah, like, but usually, Rocky's a fictional one. He's not I a real person. That. Yeah, I is. understand that. I'm just saying these people throw batteries at Santa. <laughs> <laughs> they love Nick Foles. People are getting Foles tattoos. That's awesome. Uh, okay. By the way, your dad's call with the Super Bowl. Went back to Santa, mm-hmm. getting hearing it from the citizenry, and the picture it painted of how far Philadelphia has come and how long it took Philadelphia to get there. He spent a full week uh, tracing ignominious moments yeah. in Philadelphia fan history. It's a good one. It was amazing. I remember whenever was it when they got rid of To, they brought in To in a casket, <laughs> like a fake To in a casket. I mean, those fans. Wow, that is brutal. Did they like Kevin Hart on the stage yesterday, or did they d- d- deny him once again? I think he was traded. 
The best part about Kevin Hart not being allowed on the stage at the Super Bowl uh, scenario was that it's going to be 10 minutes of stand-up for him. Easily. More than that. Oh, he was very apologetic. Was he? He was. Was he embarrassed? Or yeah, he, said, he, was, yeah, he said he was, he was drunk. Like, up. I was drunk. I didn't mean to defend anyone. I'm sorry. It was really funny, though. He's like, come on, man. Let me up there. And this huge, towering bodyguard's like, no, dude. Get that. Just get out of here. But I still don't understand how they didn't bring Rocky to the parade to say, yo, Philly, we did it, and then have Bobby Clark slash somebody wearing a Patriots jersey. <laughs> that would have been, been a bad idea. Or have Maybe Bradley Cooper up there. Maybe break behind. In the Deshaun Jackson jersey? Come on. Nick Foles is the man. Kind of a float with boys to men singing the whole way. That'd be fun. Motown Philly back again. Eating horse excrement. <laughs> when we come back, one more from Chet Vincent from his brand new record. Are they? Where the Earth Opens Wide. <laughs> the poop pit. Nine bucks. <laughs> All right, it's the DVE Morning Show. Chet Vincent's uh, magnificent new record, Where the Earth Opens Wide is out now. You can go to www.wherethearthopenswide.com and chat. Can people download it there? Can they order a hard copy of it? So at that website, it's just the album. So I have each track listed out, and underneath each track, there's demo versions and music videos and, oh, cool. and photos. Wow. And then uh, there will be a link to a place where people can buy it eventually. But that, that website will be going live later today. Okay. Just waiting on a few things. And the new record will be available at your... At uh, my release. Release party tomorrow at Get Hip Records. Where, where is Get Hip for those who aren't hip? So I thought the neighborhood was called Manchester, but it turns out it's called Chateau. But it's that <laughs> part of the, uh, the, just past the casino, this is very Pittsburgh direction. Yeah. <laughs> up the Ohio, that little stretch of factories there. It's yeah. like where Bicycle Heaven is. And, right. Uh, and that like little, little area. Yeah, Mascara Constructions back there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a cool little area. Yeah, no, it very much is. Okay, well, good deal. That is going to be tomorrow night, starting at 7 o'clock, did you say? Yep. And uh, Zach Keim from the Knox Boys, Kayla Skirman, also going to be performing before you get on stage and with your uh, all-star band. Who will all be playing with you tomorrow night once again? Uh, it'll be Zub and Jesse and Guy and Josh Carter and Reed Conley, and then Trish and Bronia is going to jump up for the song she played on. Wow, right on, man. All-star band. What are we going to hear right now? We're going to hear a song called Laughing Through Your Tears. Another one from Chet Vincent's brand new record, Where the Earth Opens Wide. Here's Chet in the uh, DVE Point Park University stage on the Fermanis Coffee House. It's Chet Vincent on DVE. Sneaking in a quick happy birthday, Vanessa, who's here. Feels like a friend just died. Suddenly my eyes are open wide. The space between us disappears, baby, I love you when you're laughing through your tears. Too much the same Some emotions have no name Is this a dream? It's never clear Baby, I love you When you're laughing 
pretend that nothing's changed Just creation rearranged But we are stronger than our fears And baby, I love you when you're laughing Tomorrow night, the record release, Get Hip Records, and uh, we'll be seeing you there, man, along with Zach Kime and Kayla Skirman opening things up. And I mean, that's just a great show of, uh, of uh, musicians. All, uh, and hearing this record for the first time, I think it's going to blow people away. Chet, awesome. congrats, man. I love this record. Oh, thanks so much, man. Thanks uh, for letting us play. Sure thing, man. We'll see you tomorrow night. Chet Vincent and, uh, and friends. There. Yeah, that was great. That oh. was so good it made up for that cheap happy birthday thing he snuck in. And that wasn't Chet. I don't know who did that. Who did the happy birthday thing there, that Chet? That was Jesse. Jesse. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. That, you play like that, do whatever you want. Who was the birthday to? Uh, my daughter, Vanessa. See, She's yeah, well, you can't today. not yeah, say happy birthday to his daughter. Oh, see, I didn't know that. You didn't just would have liked to hear it at the end. I just, um, that was amazing. That's my fault. Yeah. I, made him, I made him do it at the beginning. That's okay. <laughs> there, there was a hell of a song. Happy birthday, Vanessa. And uh, well done, Chet and crew. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow night. Uh, again, highly recommend that album. I, I got a chance to hear it a couple weeks ago, and uh, I was immediately like, I, I yeah, just a, ran it 10 times in my car. Those songs are pretty awesome. That is remarkable. Song. Well, and you know, it's, he's got the full band, and it kicks in with drums and everything, and it's uh, it really reminds me of a Crosby, Stills, Nash Young album. Mm-hmm. It really does, it, like uh, written from a Pittsburgh perspective. Go check out Chet Vincent, uh, his brand new album, once again, Where the Earth Opens Wide. Thanks to Chet. Thanks to Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette uh, and Sean Collier from Pittsburgh Magazine. Tomorrow night, speaking of birthdays, happy birthday to Arcade Comedy Theater. It's their fifth anniversary this weekend, and I will be there as part of the celebration. Tomorrow night, 10 p.m., the stand-up get-down comedy game show. That's probably going to sell out. There's a link to get tickets now on my Twitter. It's at Sean Collier, PGH, tomorrow night at Arcade. And then Sunday, I'll be at the Pittsburgh Harris featuring for J.F. Harris. He's featuring for Joel McHale this weekend. Ah, And then is going to stick around and headline a show Sunday night. I'm going to be on that one at the pittsburgh improv good deal. tomorrow night uh february 10th i will be on my buddy sean blackham's valentine's day comedy show out at gianelli's 2 that's on route 30 in greensburg tomorrow night 9 p.m showtime it's a 12 dollar ticket it's pretty affordable you can call 724-832-5600 i'm pumped to be on that show once again with my buddy sean anything anything else everybody good Doing a couple hockey games this weekend on uh, ESPN Pittsburgh. Tim Benz and I have got the calls for you at 7 o'clock tonight. Tomorrow night, Robert Morris against RIT. Michelle's up next with the Electric Lunch at Noon. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.